0: This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast is sponsored by Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Located only 30 seconds' walk from the nearest bus stop, taking supporters to Patodre for free on match days, Siberia Bar and Hotel is open seven days a week, all year round. Come and join them in Aberdeen's biggest and best beer garden. And even better, head to the bar and quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod. For a £3 pint of Foster's, £4 pint of Moretti or £5 pint of Fierce any day of the week, including match days. Come on, you Reds. Well, slighter foot there. <laughs> It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. Welcome to episode 58 of the ABZ Football Podcast. I'm Gary Scott. Joining me this week, as always, is Gavin J. Baxter. Gav, how is it going?
1: I mean, hey, listen, man, I've got a couple of Steve Weisers here to, to crack open for tonight's show. I'm about to take part in some modern online discourse as I pretend I did not say anything critical of our team last week. And we sit here and we... Talk about a very satisfying victory at McDermott Park, shall we?
0: Oh, I think we shall. Good effort. You're getting chucked that beer in there by Matilda. Lovely stuff. I feel as well this is is a better start than I was expecting, given we've spent the last five minutes trying to do Russell Crowe Australian accents as though he was in Gladiator as an Aussie. So I think this is a better start than I was expecting, to be fair.
1: Yeah, and I'm not really sure that it's suitable for the listening public that we try and do those impersonations on this show.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably for the best. So yeah. in a week that saw Jack Ross fail to be invited to a solutions meeting at Dunge United before his side fell to a 3-0 defeat at home to Curtis Mayne-inspired
1: St. Mirren. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me a bit of the, um, the Brian Clough kind of story at Leeds United. Which one is you that? How, well, you know how the chat was like the, the dressing just didn't take to the hall, and that's the reason <laughs> yeah. he only lasted what, like 44 days? I can't remember. Something daft like that. Something. It's kind of all like that, only there was like success on both ends of that spectrum, whereas this is Dundee Knight we're talking about and Jack Ross. It's a fair shout. I think this will be the one and only time that Jack Ross is compared to Brian Clough. But I never mean, mind. what I would say is I'm just delighted because, you know, like there's a lot of court cases going on right now where. Text messages are getting revealed <laughs> and stuff. Poetry is out there in the open. Could you imagine being the kind of like being in a situation where it's revealed that you had texted your like WhatsApp group something like "I wish Jack Ross was Aberdeen manager." <laughs> imagine being that guy. I can't. Can you imagine being that guy?
0: I don't think I was that guy. Uh, I might have been that guy, like at Jack Ross. It's submitting, you know. Where he was doing all right. I am no longer mm. that guy. I am no longer on the Jack Ross train. That's for sure. Some um, of us,
1: some of us had him sniffed out even then. Just gonna say.
0: <laughs> Speaking of being failed to be invited to solutions meetings, where's Graham tonight? Did we forget to invite
1: him? I think this might be a um. We might need to call one perhaps to uh, rectify that point. I don't know. I don't know. Ah, uh, hopefully wherever he is, he's you know, maybe he's in Bucky. Probably in Bucky. He's probably in the fucking Honours Lodge as per usual. Um,
0: what else happened this week in Scottish football? Andy Walker. Some of the more mad takes I've seen in some time during his commentary on Saturday afternoon. Um, at one point, try to pretend that Morelos shouldn't have been sent off for elbowing a player, which seemed like it was one of those moments of uh, an analyst trying to go way too far in the other direction to appear non biased. Whatever the fuck that was all about, who knows?
1: Well, I mean, there's that, and there's also Chris Boyd calling someone out for his weight. <laughs> I haven't seen this. What was this about? Chris Boyd has suggested that uh, Alfredo Morelos might be carrying one or two (laughs) too many pounds. And um, at the risk of being on the uh, the end of some wrath from people who have suggested in the past we've been too harsh on people's appearance, I'm just going to say hot kettle black. (laughs) Absolutely. And
0: that saw Christoph Berra demonstrate some serious, serious delusions of grandeur about why Aberdeen fans gave him stick. It's a jam-packed week on the ABZ FP as we take a look back at our 1-0 win over St Johnston in the SPFL Premiership on Saturday. We take a look back at all the news from AB24 this week along with our regular loan watch and review of the women's team as they host Partick Thistle on Saturday on Sunday. Sorry, And finally, we preview next Saturday's visit of Livingston to Pitodre in the company of Povey from the Amand View podcast. But first... St Johnston nil. Aberdeen won the SPFL Premiership McDermott Park Saturday the 20th of August 2022 a 300th appearance for Aberdeen for Johnny Hayes bringing him tied with Ali Shewan and Joe Harper tied 28th for most appearances for the Dons with the likes of John McMaster and Neil Simpson now very much within touching distance for the Irishman this season, one change from the starting lineup from the 3-2 defeat to muddle last time out an injured Matty Kennedy dropping out of the squad altogether, replaced by a returning Hayden Coulson, the home side with two changes from their defeat at Ibrox the week prior, Daniel Phillips and James Brown. Coming in for Cami McPherson and Adam Montgomery, Andrew Consonine starting on the left-hand side of the three centre-halves, Stevie May with his customary place on the Saints bench. And it was the Dons. Who made the brighter start in their new look 4-3-3, 4-3-2-1 formation? Vinny Bajowin playing on the right-hand flank with a decent ball in that Majovski couldn't quite get full contact on and his header drifted just wide of the post. A start from Aberdeen in sharp contrast to last week against Mudwell, the Dons full of intent, bite and neat play which saw Bajowin next have an effort on goal, latching onto Richardson Cross and the Dutchman's acrobatic overhead kick flew wide of the post. The Dons thought they had the lead that their fast start deserved on 10 minutes. A fine ball in from Johnny Hayes met by Miofsky and his diving header flew home before being flagged for offside. A marginal, marginal call at best, but probably, I think, just about the correct one by the main stand linesman. An outrageous through ball from Leighton Clarkson only just evaded Miofsky in the box as he perhaps didn't quite anticipate Alex Mitchell misreading it. If he'd latched onto it, I think that probably would have been assisted the season Right there, right then. An outstanding piece of play by the young man from Liverpool, showing his technical capabilities on the ball. Constantine went into the book on 18 minutes after a crude high challenge on Bajewin as Saints struggled to deal with Aberdeen's shape and intensity. But the Don's sharp start began to fade, and Saints had a number of corners in quick succession, none of which really troubled the visitors' defence. Graham Carey trying to catch Roose out with a free kick, which was well dealt with by the big Dutchman, who was enjoying a relatively quiet afternoon in the Perth Sunshine Harbour next in the book, followed by Phillips for cynical fouls on Richardson and McCrory respectively, as the game drifted towards halftime at 0-0, but after the break the Dons were back on the front foot from the off, Carey becoming the fourth home player in the book after a foul on Colton, who was enjoying a fine return to the team Clarkson had a sighter on the host goal in 52 minutes, his right foot effort from 20 yards just wide of the left hand force before the breakthrough before the breakthrough finally came a minute later. Hayes brought down Bakary 30 yards from goal, and the on loan, Liverpool youngster stepped up and curled a beauty of a free kick into the top left-hand corner to send the away end into raptures. Ross McCrory next to Test Matthews in the Saints' goal, a rasping effort from 25 yards that had to be tipped over before McCrory went close again from the resulting corner. His right foot volley just wide of target. Saints responded by making three changes, Phillips, Carey and Bear replaced by Davison, Koucheverry, uh, that's probably not right, but there we go, and Stevie May before Matthews was called into action again, this time to die, deny Mayovsky with an outstretched leg to stop a goal-bound effort before McCrory should have done better with his follow-up. Bajowin replaced by Shaden Morris on 71 minutes before Murray Davidson needed treatment after the challenge with Boss McCrory. I'm not going to lie, for a minute I thought he was going to have to be stretched off, which would have queued much mirth from all of us here on the ABZ football podcast. Poor guy. Absolutely. The Dons then making their second change of the afternoon, goal hero Clarkson replaced by Duke before Roos had to look lively to stop well from an effort by Murphy. Before the Dons were right back up the park, Duke going close with a flicked header from a Hayes corner. Dante Polvara replacing Miofsky with three minutes to go before Morris had a couple of golden opportunities to seal the points. Firstly played then by Polvara and then again by Duke but the young Englishman couldn't quite find the finish, but it didn't matter. The Dons seeing it out for a first away win in the league since the corresponding fixture on the 11th of December last year and a first clean sheet in league this season. On the data, because we all love some hashtag data, possession 54 to 46% in favour of the Dons, expected goals St. Johnson 034 to Aberdeen's one05 15 shots to seven in favor of Aberdeen, four of which were on target. Gav, your initial thoughts on
1: that one? Well, if you want some data, because we've not talked about this for a long time now. Well,
0: I haven't done it for a bit.
1: Let's do it. Let's hit it. Jim Goodwin, record at Aberdeen FC. Eight wins, seven defeats, and five draws.
0: There we go. Your thoughts, Gav, on uh, a much-needed win, it's fair to say, after last week's
1: performance Well, yeah, first things first. I mean, the victory is very, very satisfying. This is not a game in the last 18 months that, generally speaking, we go into and come out with a favourable result. Never mind a clean sheet and an absolute screamer. Uh, From what I've seen, having watched the highlights, I did have the opportunity to be at McDermott Park uh, for the chance to sample the legendary Steak and treats of pie, which just continues to evade me, if I might add. Um, very sad about that, but we'll get there one day. We'll get there one day. Um, from what I can see the highlights, we created a number of opportunities. Looks like we controlled the game. The the data would certainly indicate that as well. Um, all around, it seems like it was just a very, very good solid day at the office and gets us back on track, gets um, the Motherwell game out of our system, and we can now look forward again.
0: Absolutely. I guess the key talking points from yesterday, probably the shape, I guess. Um, The the biggest shock was probably seeing Hayden Colton actually straight back into the starting lineup. I think it's fair to say. Um, I I know that they talked earlier in the week about the fact he might be available, but I was expecting he might start on the bench, and so we might have to try and figure out a way to deal with our left-hand side. But with him being back in, him at left-back, restoring scales and shoot at the center of the park, and we went with what appeared to be a four-three-three slash Christmas tree, depending on how you decide you want to line up your team on a fucking bit of paper. But it was pretty evident early, really, really quickly in the game that having Ross McCurry back in the centre of the park was just such a godsend in terms of just what he offers to Aberdeen as a as a player. And you know, I think if nothing else, that performance. Yes, they demonstrated the need for finding a solution to any issue at the back where we have to take scales or whoever out the back line that doesn't involve removing Ross McCorready from the centre midfield.
1: So did you did you get the chance to see the game? Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where did where did Ross play exactly? So did he play on the right or the left side of the center midfield? I would have
0: said if for me he looked to be playing more on the left hand side. Uh, Clarkson was playing more to the right Ramadani was kind of playing more as a traditional um, holding midfielder that's how it looked to me Um, and it worked really well you you, you saw McCrory making those traditional bursting runs out of midfield snapping into tackles, being on top of people it certainly gave Ramadani more of a base to play from as well, I felt and the good thing I thought from this was it also took Clarkson out of the firing line of the kind of physical battle a lot. I saw a lot of people, and we'll come on to it in, a, in a, a bit more time, to kind of talking about how they felt and the, the game kind of passed him by a bit. And he didn't fancy the physicality of it. Potentially that's the case, but I do feel that's because he was played kind of on the periphery of the set of the midfield. So there were times where the game seemed to just drift past him. But whenever he did get a chance to get on the ball, I thought he did well. So yeah, I, I think looking at it, um, I, I, to me, it looked like McCrow was playing on the left-hand side of the three, as I would have said. Mm.
1: Well, it's a conversation that's taken place in in many a pub in Aberdeen the last 12 months about Ross McCrory and what the hell we're doing not playing him in centre midfield. What I the mean,
0: hell, Ross McCrory? Yeah, doesn't, doesn't quite, you know. Speaking of which, I saw you doing the tweet, Gav, the other day. This is a total segue, by the way, but fuck it. There we go. Um, what have I done I now? I didn't the tweet the other day about Be Here Now, about the album. Um, oh yeah, and I completely agree with you about your assessment of that, I, and I also completely agree with you about the fact that I hope I think you know is an absolute fucking banger, and I don't understand why that song never got any more
1: praise at the time or since. This is not something I would prepared. I didn't for, think you'd prepare for it, but add. I just it just came up. So. Um, it's it's a, it's a, it's a good it's a good rock yeah, song. Don't understand. I, I, it's just buried in a way in a whole pile of shit. Cocaine is a mental drug, isn't it when you think i mean it? it's it's halfway through the record, isn't it so yeah, it's kind of like, it's, it's it's like hard things. to... Like... it's after stand by me, yeah, crappy, not original um, you've got to get through a lot of dross to get to I hope I think I know, so maybe some people just couldn't stomach it maybe
0: it's a good i I still can't quite fathom actually why
1: it wasn't even a single, but there we go. this is a total segue um well, you had to get do you know what I mean out there,
0: yeah, that's true, nice. Anyway. There yeah. we go. Um I'm gonna share with you. I was just looking because I, I thought I've said this now that I think that um this is where McCrory played and I'm very aware of the fact there's probably then people screaming at the whatever it is they listen to um us on, going, No, I didn't, no I didn't. Um so I'm gonna quickly share with you, Gav, just now the average position maps because this is what we do on Oh yeah, we're we're into our analytics I oh, know you've you've disabled participant screen sharing, so I can't do it. But anyway, uh... based on this um uh, McCrory definitely played on the left hand side of the three. There you go. That's all I need to say about it. Don't worry about it.
1: Let's move on. Let's move on. Yes. And also people are now screaming at their earphones, mobile phones, car radios, whatever the hell people listen to this on saying, It's a good record. It's a good record. It, it's not.
0: It's not. It's a it's a record um, that tells you everything you need to know about cocaine
1: and lack of quality control. In a studio, and a song where that had peaked, um <laughs> so didn't have any more material to rip off. Do you know what I mean? It's got about like thirty-seven guitar tracks on. It, I think. Yeah, someone went in and like remastered it or whatever. It's got like remastered. 30. It's like it's something like forty odd individual, it's simply Noel Gallagher <laughs> guitar tracks. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, I
0: know. Bonehead or whatever. Yeah. But Noel actually mm-hmm. did a remix of it. I don't know if you've seen this one, like twenty sixteen, where it just a lot of the nonsense so do you know what i mean it's stripped out and suddenly it's not a bad song
1: anymore like you can actually hear the bass in it the problem's not so much how many guitar tracks it's just that it's a pretty bad song but it sounds yeah. a lot better when you take all the nonsense off of it. anyway, anyway let's, let's move let's on, on because i think we're losing people are we i can we feel i can feel it well um, <laughs> evidence suggests that aberdeen fans are pretty fond of 90s Rip-pop.
0: so we'll be <laughs> fine we'll probably just boost our
1: listenership once again um fuck it let's go into it. like ocean color scene what were they like um <laughs> what were we talking about again ross mccrory uh, where ross mccrory what's plays. the story of ross mccrory that's what we're that was about, it. isn't it? that's how we got here um yeah i mean he is such a
0: this is what happens when graham's not here to bring us back to
1: i know right he'd be talking about stereophonics right now That would get us right back on track
0: Loves the Terry is Graham. Loves, Loves the Terry
1: Fox. So did you the night you went to go see them? <laughs> no, um <laughs> I've seen a lot of bands who now in hindsight I kind of regret deeply. Never mind. Let's go on. Ross McCrory. Ross McCrory. Um he is such a yeah, I mean uh, we've said it a million times and probably will continue to say it as, as and when the situation dictates. He is such a very, very good player at this level. And Motherwell, he didn't have a good game at centre back, and I don't think that's because he's a bad centre back. I think it's just that everyone the day had an off day, quite simply. But yeah, midfielders in Scotland like Ross McTory don't grow on trees, and we should be doing whatever it takes to get him in that position. And cliche, I honest... alert huh? cliche. cliche alert there, cliche alert there. Wow, i now being heckled. Um, this is very new. Where is Graham? Where is Graham? We'll Where is Graham. Where's is Graham? Where is Graham? This is I outrageous. I expected actually that Hayes would play left back. I yeah. I did get the sense that we were going to do something that involved getting Ross McCrory back into centre midfield. I don't think we were going to do that. Liam Scales, um, chat again, and you just see. I mean, the driving force that he has in the midfield is invaluable. And on another day, Ross McCrory comes away with two, maybe even three goals. Um, yeah, yeah, very pleasing and. I'll just emphasise the points of Graham Steele from last week. Ross McCrory needs to be in centre midfield.
0: Absolutely. I thought, yeah, I thought our shape really suited us as well, actually, yesterday against St. John's. We'll come on that in a minute or two. Um, Leighton Clarkson, we spoke about him earlier on. Obviously he gets all the headlines for the goal. I mean, he's currently running his own personal goal of the season competition. He is. At this moment in time. Um, I saw some people as well saying that when the free kick was given, they were like, oh, what I'd give for James Madison right now but um there's even an argument to say that that's a bare kick that Madison's won against Rangers. I mean the Madison was great because this because who it's against and the time it happens and it clips inside the post but this one's in the top corner for the moment it leaves Clarkson's boots I mean Clarkson wheels off celebrating
1: before the ball's even hit the net but if Madison's was in the top corner Pottering probably saves it True. They're both incredible There's a debate for you, we can put that one out they're simply both incredible, Um, but... <laughs> Great technique. The technique's brilliant. Given the dearth of quality that we've seen at Aberdeen the last yeah. year, 18 months, for a young lad whose confidence could easily have been significantly hit off the back of the Motherwell game, for him to step up and produce that is unbelievable. I'm very envious of the travelling fans that were behind the goal that, in that moment.
0: And I touched on it earlier, like a lot of people during the game were kind of tweeting about how they felt that the game was kind of passing him by a touch, and he was maybe shirking some of the physical aspects of the game. I mean, I think we knew that the physicality side of things, the physicality side of things, Jesus, the physical side of things was, was not going to be his strongest suit. That was clear from the feedback that came out of Blackburn Rovers when he was there on loan before. He's not the biggest loon in the world, you know. It's it's going to take some time for him to get used to the kind of physical nature of Scottish football, i.e. being punted in the air by the likes of fucking Murray Davidson for 90 minutes. Now he's going going cliche. uh, Yeah, but I never said I wasn't. Um, Where is Graham?
1: (laughs) Where is Graham? (laughs) Um,
0: And yeah, I think it's fair. I think at times the game did kind of go past him a little bit, but I, I do think part of that was because of where he played in the system. When you're kind of playing on that periphery a little bit of the central field. If the ball's not coming through you, we spent a lot of time on the right-hand side, especially just getting the ball up the flanks to Bajowin and into Richardson. But at the same time, some of our better moments in the game came through Clarkson. The through ball he he puts through Tamiovsky in the first half is ludicrous. It, like The vision and the ability to basically pull it off is, there's not a lot of players in the, in the top flight Scotland who could do that.
1: Reminded me of um, Kaká in <laughs> for milan against liverpool in League final oh, he yeah, plays the yes ball to crespo yes I, exactly um, I do wonder if miofsky didn't see it coming because like me maybe he thought this is just a really shit team effort at a goal <laughs> until oh wait that was a
0: pass i don't think miofsky just expects it's just going to sneak past the center half i think he's kind of caught in his heels a little bit it's an outrageous attempt at a yeah. pass and the technique is like I say, I don't think there's another player in the, in the top in Scotland that could play that pass. And I include yeah. even at the Ugly Sisters um, from that perspective. I don't think there's a player in their teams that could play that sort of pass uh, at this moment in time. So I can see where people think that Clarkson is disappearing out of the game a little bit. But at the same time, I don't feel he's quite as much of a luxury player as Madison perhaps sometimes was. It's a difficult one, I think. I, it's gonna, I think Clarkson is going to flit in and out of games as we go but for moments of quality like that that he can bring to the side plus the goal
1: it's hard not to have him in your team so you just need to find a way to make it work yeah and that plus the option a in the second half prior to the to the goal where he drops mm-hmm. the shoulder and gets the shot away and it just just goes past the post um uh, yeah I, we can see it i mean we we heard the chat from um, people on twitter about what he was, and what he was good at, and what he perhaps wasn't so good at, and I guess Motherwell, we saw that he is definitely not cut out for Scottish football's dirtier, uglier side. Um, who, to be fair, St Johnston are just up that street as well.
0: St Johnston exactly. was very I mean, dirty and niggly yesterday.
1: Exactly, I mean, you know, hey, Murray Davidson, it's it's all it's all there. The evidence I hate to is say all it. there. I hate to say it, Andrew Considine. They hauling people down and
0: yeah, and the, the tackle on Bajewin's not a good one. It's, it's a red card. I I think it could be a red, especially when you see some of the red cards that got <laughs> some of it, the red it, cards that have been going, some of the things <laughs> haven't been given as red cards. So so maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Scottish football's amazing. Like you see, like as funny as it was, like the Lundstrom one is is not really a red. I don't
1: think. Um, the one at, <laughs> Ross County, like that's which which that's, one? Uh, the Callaghan one. Well, the Baldwin one's fucking horrendous as well. Yeah, but the Calco one, I'm like, that's not just a red card. That's like, you should be at <laughs> Dingwall of Court
0: on Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking appalling. A terrible, terrible tackle. Um, anyway, we're going to digressing somewhat. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, for anyone that was doubting the decision to let Andy Constantine go, Saturday showed why that was exactly the right decision to have made by... The football club uh, by the manager because not the races for me didn't look like he really had the the pace to cope with a, a set of players running at him, which was never andy's strong suit anyway but coming back from the injury he came back from i feel like he's lost even like another half yard of pace um i i think that that was vindication for a lot of people about um, the decision. I know you're marking this point now for when he scores like three goals against as a particular No, season.
1: no, I was simply going to say that uh, in the words of Danny Rojas, um tough but fair.
0: <laughs>
1: um <laughs> love it, Gav. Love it. Football's life. Football's life. Um Clarkson yeah, he's not cut out perhaps for that side of Scottish football, but I don't mind that when that's been compensated. Yeah, exactly. by Ross McCrory, Ramadani, even Johnny Hayes is a street fighter, Stuart Scales. I don't mind fitting a player like that in when he doesn't necessarily need to be involved in that kind of way. Yeah. And like you say, like moments of quality like that, you can't it's very hard to leave someone out when they're capable of producing match-winning moments. And that's what he's done yesterday. He absolutely has. Um tell you
0: what two other players who were helped by the change of shape was it was it
1: Anthony Stewart and David Bates
0: <laughs> yeah I've just spotted it myself and I've changed it it was Anthony Stewart and Liam Scales um much more assured the pair of them a fantastic game I thought by Anthony Stewart actually yes they dealt with all the physical stuff that the lad bear tried to throw at him Looked much more confident with the ball at his feet again doing as the game on, had some de- relatively decent distribution across the piece. Back to what we've been seeing from Anthony Stewart in the lead up to uh, the Muller game. So definite positives there. Liam Scales had a couple of good tackles, interceptions, read the game well, did what he does. So, uh, you know, it just goes to show playing guys in their right positions with people alongside them that know what they're doing is definitely a two thumbs up from the ABZ football podcast.
1: It's, it's this thing, because we've talked a lot about like David Bates, for example, playing left sided center back and how difficult that is for him, or how difficult it was for him. Yeah. And then Ross McCrory last week. But it must play on the right side of center half as well. When you know that maybe like in like a pressure situation, if you play the ball to your um center back teammate, you're kind of playing him into trouble as well. So that yeah. maybe puts that level of doubt in your mind. And that's perhaps plays into why Anthony Stewart last week was looking very uncertain, very clumsy with the ball. And you know I think as well, like looking back at last week now, just everybody got spooked and just had a fucking shocker of a game. Like nobody had a decent game last week. When you no. look back at it now, you know, no, no. But um, I've heard a lot of very positive things from people who were very critical of Anthony Stewart. And to a degree, I think that was warranted. Um, yeah. he shouldn't have been singled out because, as you say, literally everyone, with maybe the exception of Johnny Hayes, was pretty horrendous last week. And I say that because simply for the reason I mentioned last week, about when Johnny Hayes was hooked. Um and it goes to it goes to show that you know these two have played as a centre-back partnership from the moment they've arrived at Aberdeen. You change that up, you then get, you know, someone else involved, change the dynamic. You know, it's stability is not going to come from. No, changing up that's a very obvious thing to say we're talking with Povey from Hammond View later about how Livingston have you know they've settled and that's going to um, be beneficial to them over the coming season we just need yeah, quite simply whatever happens whatever injuries and suspensions throw at us wherever it's possible Anthony Stewart here Liam Scales here all we ask
0: yeah I don't up for debate any longer Elba Ramadani, after he he had, he was singled out as well last week for having a fucking rope. Game. He, was, he was awful last week. Game last week, much more tidy in the center of the park. Looks just much more comfortable with, when he's got um, McCrory alongside him. The two of them really dovetail really well together. I thought Ramadani did his work back to what we've been expecting. Not flashy, nothing spectacular about it, but a proper solid 7 out of 10 performance from the Albanian. On the fullbacks, because I feel again that. Um, particularly, Jaden Richardson came in for a lot of criticism. I can. This is the thing we talked about last week. If you talk to fifty percent of Aberdeen Twitter last week, Jaden Richardson's Richardson was the worst player we've ever signed. If you talk to another fifty percent, including yourself, a gab, I think he was probably the man of the match um, from an Aberdeen I, perspective.
1: I think I remember saying that he was very good going forward. You okay, said good um, going forward and terrible at the back. Yes, right. Yes. Um, Which on average works out to be okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bang on. Um, Richardson and Coulson, I'm going to come up to Coulson later on in particular, but what we did yesterday, which I thought was really brave of us, particularly given what happened the week prior with Muddle, who really exploited us down the wings, we were really brave in deciding we're going to keep our fullbacks high up the park. And what this did was it allowed us to create... Huge overloads up and down the flanks because St Johnston went with a really narrow front three. They had Bear playing through the centre, and then they had Murphy and I want to say Dre. Right,
1: that sounds or no, familiar. No, no,
0: no. Murphy and Carey, sorry. Ah, as their front three, but it was really be like a, it was. It's a Christmas tree they play. So Murphy and Carey were kind of tucked in, very, very narrow to Bear, giving a lot of space out in the flanks. We were really, really brave by keeping our fullbacks wide and further up the park, and we exploited that time and time again, especially first half in the first 30 minutes, and then we really got back into that second half again. Richardson and Bajewin actually were working well together up the right-hand side. Um, I felt actually it was probably Bajewin's most effective performance for a little while. He still drifted in and out of the game a little bit, but I felt that he was more in play than what he had been recently. Uh, And Coulson on the left-hand side was linking really well with Johnny Hayes.
1: I can see you. To be fair to Vicente, he had tanned four sticky toffee puddings on Friday. So,
0: Well, this is true. Whether it was all done on Friday, we'll, um, we'll have to wait and see. But um, yeah, he like, kind of drifted in and out of the game. But I think for wide players and creative types, that's, that, that's what happens. Um, but I thought we were really brave with the way that we decided to set up, especially because of what happened last week. We talked about it with Povy later on. It'll be interesting to see what we do against Livingston. Because I think David Martin Dill have had a good old hard look at what we did there. Livingston have played the Christmas tree as well for the last three or four home uh, league games, so you know, it'll be interested to see if he changes shape based on what he saw us do. Uh, Johnny Hayes, three hundred in for the Irishman. His energy levels and drive, unbelievable for his age. It's fair to say.
1: It's incredible. We've come to expect it now. More importantly, as we've talked about, it's the the ability is seemingly back because um, it looked yeah. like it disappeared for a little bit. I mean, the cross for Miofsky's header, which is dislodged on his right peg. On his right peg. A beauty of a cross.
0: <laughs> no one's talked about the fact that it was on his right foot. I mean, Johnny Hayes' right foot is usually for standing on.
1: I mean, exactly. It's Stuart Robson esque. Um, <laughs> sorry, Stuart, if you listen to this. Dale Cowan-esque. Um, yeah, Dale. And you, and you know that's right. Although he did score a peach with a right, his right peg on
0: Thursday. so Dead. Not as good as my one in the top corner, though. So.
1: Once again, I am proved wrong by my own memory. Um, and then, you know, at the, towards in the second half, when he makes that run beyond the defender, the defender is not catching Johnny Hayes. You know, he's got a fucking cheetah underneath him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he lays the ball off. It's a calm layoff to Miyovsky who does well and could easily have scored a goal from there. Um yeah. yeah, I mean, what more is there to say about our our beloved Irishman? Yeah, I just I love him and I love that he's back to where he once was.
0: Yeah, it's great to see. I mean, based on this at the moment, i, I you know, I think when we offered him a deal at the end of last season, I think a lot of us would like, mm, not sure. Right now, I'd be like, I'd quite happily offer him another year's extension right now to his contract. I think he could easily go another season looking at what he's doing at the moment. No no questions asked at all. I mean, it's, he's providing
1: the running stats of a 21-year-old. That's what Jim Goodwin said. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would and not he's, be surprised. He's now involved in the uh, in the coaching setup. I believe he's assisting, I want to say Stuart Duff.
0: Uh, oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. They talked about it a bit last week. But yeah, he's, he's stepped up now to, is he under 16s, I think. I think he's under 16s. Assistant
1: or something like that, Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've said before like his professional to his standards, the way he's looked after himself, he could be worth his weight in gold in our youth setup. I
0: think he's a bit, well, as long as the kids can understand him, that's the biggest problem, I imagine. Um but he seems like a really good egg around the dressing room as well, which is another Oh yeah. Like uh, without we getting to the whole kind of Jimmy Calderwood good to have about the dressing room type of thing and putting cups of water <laughs> above the doors and all that type of shit, that is it does, it's important in addressing him that there are characters there that can help gel things together, especially right now where we've got 11, 12 new players in the door who we're trying to gel together. And you could even see in the interview that Boyan and Ilper did last week that Hayes is very central to that. So he, he's worth his weight in gold, it's fair to say. It's just a shame he had those, you know, what was it, three seasons away from Aberdeen because otherwise he'd be, I think he'd be coming into kind of probably the 500 mark at the moment for, for Aberdeen. Um,
1: but yeah, I mean, he is, a, and when you got so many new players in the dressing room as well, have someone like him who knows what it's all about, being an Aberdeen player. And also, you know, those three years at Celtic will have imposed standards on him. If he didn't have them already, that anything yeah. less than a win is not enough. And we've heard enough about some players that have uh, come to Aberdeen yeah. and maybe not understood that. To have someone like that in a leadership role, I think it's invaluable.
0: Absolutely. I, I yeah, you can't talk highly enough about Johnny Hayes, I don't think, at this moment in time. And to be honest with you as well, I'm kind of one of those Aberdeen fans I don't I don't really begrudge him the fact that he got that chance to have a move oh, yeah. to no. his boyhood team. He went away, he made a shitload of money more than we made at Aberdeen, picked up winners' medals that you know, a player of Hayes's ability deserves to have in his back pocket, you know. So he
1: signed a contract extension with us to make sure we got some money from him
0: yeah absolutely he, he's he's one of these guys that just strikes me he's been a, a good egg and has always kind of like had his um, his heart back at Aberdeen as well even after he left the first time round. so
1: I was one of the people that applauded him when he came on for Celtic first time back oh dear
0: oh dear Kevin oh come dear. at me bro I'll commit you for that so did you I remember
1: it well so did you no I did I don't think I was there yes you did
0: I don't think so. No, yes, I'm not you having did. that. Yes, Mioski, let's did. move on really quickly. On another you watched day. Watched
1: stereophonics and you applauded Celtic Johnny Hayes.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Oh, cut. Boy pretty, sure you, pretty
1: sure you also liked the Kaiser Chiefs at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Gav's got this smug look on his face right now. Yeah. there's, there's The thing is, there's more bullets in the in the chamber as well. It's just gone very Alan Partridge all of a sudden. Um... Let's just cut all it out. And um what were you doing with Coldplay chord
0: books? What? I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the first Coldplay album is a fucking good album and I'll stand by that. It's a decent it's a decent album. Everything else after that went to absolute rat shit. Um <clears throat> Parachutes is a good album. I'll I'll take that. Can we just go back to Slag and Graham and his music? That's much more fun.
1: Anyway, let's. Where were we? Miowski. Uh, Miowski. has a couple, I think. Well, I mean, he gets a goal. I mean, from what I can tell, obviously it's hard with them. McDermott <laughs> Park having the one camera, um, but it looks to me like it would be one of those VAR decisions where there's like a red line, a fraction of a millimeter over the blue line. Where maybe like his shoulder is offside, I don't really quite know. It's a good ball. It's a good header. He attacks the ball really ah, well. that's a brilliant header,
0: brilliant header. Um, it's the ball in we touched on it. It's fantastic from Johnny Hayes. Um, he has a chance in the second half. He probably should do a little bit better with. Nice. There's the one in the first half where he doesn't quite react to Clarkson's through ball. But in fairness to him, I don't blame him because if somebody's playing that ball through to me, it goes on a Thursday night. I'm just thinking that's getting cut out by somebody. Oh no, it's it's come through. It's come through Graham's legs. Um, (laughs) um, If he's not here, he can't defend himself, so fuck it. Um, Yeah, he could have had a couple of goals and and good when he was in. was in the dressing room kicking himself, he hadn't scored. Which is also a good sign as well. You've got a a striker who's pissed off he's not scored, which is good. And I thought his movement on the day, there was one, I tweeted out, in the first half, there was a moment where Roos just smashes a ball up the park and the Control from Miofsky takes it on his chest, kills it, and then just swings a pass out to I think it was Hayes or Coulson. It was unbelievable. It was proper, like that's technique. That's because he was under pressure as well. From I think it was Constantine who had his arms all over him. What a surprise! Never. Um, it was real technique, really kind of really impressive stuff. Yeah. Um, it didn't lead to anything, but it was just that moment where you go, There's definitely a player in there. Move it was good on another day, gets a couple. Duke, yep. right, now Duke came on for about the last what was it, four, 10 minutes I think possibly, the last 14 10 minutes, something like that, in that region best I think we've seen of Duke I mean obviously he scores against Samaritan which was great but this was proper, he played as the nine, came in held the ball up well in the main, except for one attempt that he tried to, when he tried to beat a player instead of laying off to Johnny Hayes and Jim Goodwin nearly had a fucking stroke I think when this happened, which was quite entertaining it's the best we've seen out of Duke, I think, in terms of just that ability to come on, hold the ball, run, channels, played a great ball into Shaden Morris um, that Morris probably should do better with as well at the back end. Positive signs there as well, I think, from Duke from that perspective. And also from Shaden Morris, actually. He only came on for, like I say, it was the back end of the game as well. I think we touched on it. I don't think we touched on it last week after the Motherwell game. Shaden Morris's running technique is incredibly similar to that of Raheem Sterling's.
1: I cannot say I've noticed.
0: The head up, but running like his, like, R hairs have been knitted together. I'll keep an eye out for this next time I watch it. Keep an eye out for next time. It's there. Um, Wonderful imagery, though. You're welcome. I talked about last week, Alan Tate prowls around the city ground, technically like he's still shat himself, so that's a positive. Um, Old Pampers himself. Um... What I did think about the introduction of the likes of Duke and Morris as a pair, I'd like to see more from Shade and Morris. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him over time once he gets up and running, whether he can force his way into the starting 11. But at this very moment in time, I tell you what, that is some pace to burn to bring off the bench in the last 15, 20 minutes of a game against the tiring defence to try and stretch the game. It's great for us to see some actual fucking options like that coming off the bench now.
1: Um, I feel that even though we've suffered some injuries, we've certainly enhanced the overall strength of the squad. You think of times gone by when we uh, we had nothing to bring on off the bench. Certainly nothing that would be different or would make the opposition, you know, think. Um, yeah, Duke and Morris and even if you like change up the starting 11 there's there's definitely a lot of options there too as you say with a tiring defence yeah it's going to yeah. be a huge advantage for us
0: same goes now if like Morris forces his way at the starting 11 it'll be in place of probably Bajewin you would suspect at this moment in time you take a Bajewin off the bench he's got that kind of pace as well that trickery yep. yep. Cal um, Roberts needs to come back in obviously when he gets fit again we'll see what he's got to, to say yep. for himself and
1: even then you know tired Tired bodies create tired minds. So yeah, if people are defenders are knackered, they might not have the awareness to mark up correctly against our more technical players such as yeah, Cal Roberts or Pacheta and So
0: all good, all good. I feel we can't talk about this. Um, the last substitution that Goodwin made was to take off miovsky and he put on Dante Povara um, uh-huh. instead of Christian Ramirez. Now clearly, this was an attempt to just you know shut the game down, it was very dead at McInnes-esque which is fine I don't have an issue with that at that stage in the game but the reaction from Ramirez bib off, thrown it on the ground uh, I think again he's 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 not going to get a look in is he from, from the manager
1: I think I'll just say the exact same thing that I said last week and this needs to have a fork put in it
0: but it's not going to is it, MLS windows closed doesn't open back up again until their season finishes back end of November, I think it is. I th-
1: I have a funny feeling that if you offered Ramirez a payoff that was in- enough, he would go back to the America and just... That'd be it. Go think. on a gap quarter year. Quarter a year. gap quarter year
0: until it opens again. See, I don't see us deciding to pay off a guy, though. I think we'll probably just sit on the bench in case we need him, but it's pretty clear to me that... I mean,
1: listen, if, if we're not going to use him against... Motherwell, when we're desperately needing something, I can't see how he has any kind of meaningful future here. So, um, yeah, it seems like the writing's on the wall. On that one, I don't, think it's, I
0: don't think that's an absurd statement at all, in any way, shape, or form. Singles from Riley Watkins again, so far out of the picture now. I think it's fair to say. Um, we really obviously fancy just other options off the bench. So, um,
1: David Bates.
0: Bates not in squad again, so we're clearly trying to do something there on the David Bates front. I do wonder if we're waiting on trying to offload Bates, Watkins, Ramirez before we do something else in the window, because between the three of them, I imagine they're sucking up pretty healthy wages. Oh, yeah. Um, And I'd fancy you could probably get yourself a very good centre-half and a decent attacking midfielder out of those wages going forward i mean conor ronan's been bombed out of the wolf squad now that they've signed some more portuguese players who'd have thunk it Um, i I, as a betting man i wouldn't be surprised to see conor ronan rock up here between some point between now and in the transfer window and if we can get ourselves a left-sided center half cover
1: then i think we're in decent shape dude i would still it's that thing i i think we're still as i say i think we've got a a much stronger squad but i do also have that reservation of if we were to um let go of say just for example bates watkins and um ramirez yeah and mclennan's got no future either yeah no, is done um i feel we would still need another striker as well because then you'd be you'd be left with miofsky and duke
0: duke yeah you're right you would you'd i think there's an argument to suggest you could probably do with one more uh up the top. Maybe even like a lone
1: if Liverpool have got any like good young strikers there, then
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I could see us doing something in that that area as well if it if it came to it. Um first clean sheet in the league this season. It's only the third clean sheet we've had in the league in Jim Goodwin's reign. So that's gonna surely be a confidence builder as well amongst the squad and I guess for the manager as well. What I thought was interesting in, in Goodwin's post match press conference yesterday is he took the blame for the, the corner the corner last week against yeah. Motherwell which I thought was interesting and I, I'm refreshed somewhat to see a manager saying he got that one wrong
1: It's not a typical thing for a manager to do No, um, I think it's demonstrating that Jim Goodwin's acknowledging that he is learning on the job as we should probably expect him to be because he's still a relatively Young manager, um, that was refreshing. I, I also like the way that he stuck up for his defence and his goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, I agree about that. I thought that was good. Um, um, I've got a lot of time for managers who do that. To be fair to them, because it's, it's straight out of the Fergie playbook as well. So,
1: yeah, um, because yeah, the people who were very critical of the entire team and the defence and the goalkeeper, and we were, we were not. Uh, that was not just us doing that as well. It was a lot of people doing it, and um, I've seen. Evidence of managers, not just Aberdeen managers, but yeah, who will throw their players under the bus and absolve themselves of any responsibility. So for Jim Goodwin to do that, it kind of suggests to me there's a very much a one for all and all for one spirit within our changing room, and that's yeah. gonna. I think that's gonna be um, be a good thing for us.
0: And that, it's a good point. Like I, um, I think we touched on a couple weeks ago that you know we had the um we had the opportunity to be down at Petardry a couple weeks ago. Um, a couple of us um gav unfortunately you can you can make it um for some chats with some people at the club about various bits and pieces and we had a chance to chat with goodwin and he came across as being a very very um impressive character one thing i liked about him in particular was that showed a lot of interest in what we were doing on the show why we were doing it etc um money money all for the money but what i liked about him was like you know he he jokingly kind of said to us you know I uh, just remember make sure to go easy on me this season, boys. And I chipped back and said, "Well, Jim, if you get the team performing, we'll have nothing to criticise. And he like, quite right. And then he was out the door. And I kind of like the fact that he had that honesty about him to expect that the onus is on him to do something to to avoid people talking negatively about him, the side, whatever. I I I liked that. There wasn't this idea about he expects people just to be kind of praising him for the sake of praising him. That he recognised there had to be something at the back end of it. So, you know, I thought and I I, did, I thought it was very interesting when he picked up on the fact that the corner last week was his decision in terms of the way we set up there. Held his hands, hands up, admitted we got it wrong. Really, really briefly, just want to touch on Kel I thought it was his best game for Aberdeen as well yesterday. Um came out and claimed a couple of crosses, a couple of good saves, one from Murphy towards the end of the game is a is a good stop. Um certainly. I think it's fair to say he he definitely is better with the ball at his feet than what Joe Lewis is, um, on the evidence we've seen so far, which is helping in terms of trying to play out from the back the way that Gooden was talking about the post match conference yesterday as well. Um, I was definitely much more encouraged by Roos yesterday, it's fair to say. Um, and a first clean sheet for him in the league will also do him a world of good, you'd imagine. Yeah,
1: yep. um, him and the club because we've ha- not had nearly enough clean sheets the last 18 yeah. months, especially. I mean, I'd I imagine we're still in single figures for clean sheets in the league in the last eighteen months or so. Oh crazy. Um and it's it's obvious. It's obvious as fuck, but you know, a clean sheet gives you a foundation to go on and win a game. And so As boring as it sounds, it's true. If we can have that defensive solidity, then we're gonna give ourselves a chance to win a lot more football games and be in the place in the league where we want to be in, where we expect us to be in. But yeah, from what I saw, the highlights, Kel Roos did his work. Very well. So cheers, Gil. Yeah, definitely completely agree. So
0: topped on yesterday, Hayden Coulson picked up the ABZFP solar system vote with 61.9% of the votes cast ahead of Ross McCrory on 18.6%, Johnny Hayes on 14.7%, and Ilber Ramadani on four point eight percent. We've not really talked about Hayden Coulson much at all, Gab in this review but um, a very, very impressive return to side for the Middlesbrough yesterday. And I, I, personally speaking, I felt that his top-down award from the solar system was well-deserved.
1: Very impressive. And doing the things that we were perhaps warned he would not be quite so adept at doing. So um, for him to come back in provides us with so much more, much better balance in the team all round, And he's going to, you know, he's good. He's a very good athlete you can tell that already and he's going to provide um an outlet on that left flank that's going to be invaluable and our attacking our attacking threat this season going forward i'm very happy he's back and i'm very happy that he's had such a good game because he would look like he was starting off well and it looked like that could have been a really serious injury picked up off the back of um declan gallagher's inability to tackle yeah,
0: and after his injury issues, it, you yeah, know, exactly. it must have yeah. weighed on him as well. That that could have been something that you know, before he even gets going, problem with Aberdeen, he gets injured and he's back out. So yeah,
1: he's acknowledged as well. This is a very big boost for him that of he course. needs yeah. this to be a success if that's to win a contract with Aberdeen or prove himself because he think he's admitted that he's not going to sign for Middlesbrough. He's out a contract at but at the end of the yeah. season, so he's, yeah. he's well out of the picture there, definitely. So so it's it's a really big season and. Trip to come back and you know, put in a performance that's had the Amarin fans so effusive, it's uh, it's great to see,
0: yeah, definitely. More of that, please. Hayden, keep that up, very, very impressive.
1: However, he's not my man of the match. Oh, no, who are you going to give it to? I'm well, I didn't see the game as again, I'll point that out, so I'm going to go full blown sponsors, at man of the match who haven't watched the game for a moment of quality like he provided <laughs> to win the game. It can only be Jim, Layton Clarkson.
0: Well, there we go. I'm going to agree with the solar system on this one. It's Hayden Colson for me all day long. All in all, a much more positive weekend compared to last. Dawn's up to fifth in the table after Hearts B team were beating at the Celtic Park this afternoon. We're only a point now off of last season's third place side after four fixtures, which makes last week look even more annoying in, in one aspect, but at the same time, one point off, loads to play for Come on, you Reds. <laughs> on to the other news from Todric Court Park this week—a fairly quiet one on the news front. Nothing much happening, but the main news was the confirmation of the return of the AFC Hall of Fame this year. And after the absence of three years, the event will return in November. And the first inductee for the class of 2022. I feel that like we need to put in the.
1: Dun, 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 dun. I'm providing a standing ovation to the man already On an audio only podcast Yeah, that's going to be
0: Again, pretty niche for anyone Who just watches wrestling, but there we go First inductee of the class of 2022 Was announced on Friday, and it is The one, the only, Duncan Shearer More than deserved From our perspective on the show Shearer signed For the Donaldson Blackburn Rovers in the summer of 1992 For half a million pounds Scoring twice in his debut in a 3 0 win over Hibbs at Patology Gav, your first ever game at the home of football? It was, if you say I remember so. Remember it to this day. I think the programme is kicking about somewhere. I think Scott Booth got the third that afternoon. That's correct. Yeah. Shearer went on to make 184 appearances for the club in his five years in the northeast of Scotland, scoring 79 goals, which to me seems like a really, like when you look back at those numbers now, it seems like a small, it, 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 the, the, the goals to game ratio is not as high as I was expecting it was
1: going to be. But I would have assumed he would have been in three figures. but
0: Yeah, but
1: I think this goes
0: to, you know, his back end of his time at Aberdeen. He kind of was a bit more of a bit part player, so I think the appearance is racked up. But those first two seasons in particular at the club, the 92-93 and the 93-94 season were just ridiculous. Um, scored the second goal in the 2-0 win over Dundee in the 95 Coca-Cola League Cup final, which of course is memorialized in our intro. Although, Gav, you do need to get on to sort out the intro. We did talk about this not long ago if we get that updated that would be lovely um, notching his only winner's medal during his spell with his side the same day capped seven times for Scotland as they qualified for Euro 96 and let's be honest from our perspective a top bloke well deserved, a man who clearly holds the club very much dear to his heart despite the way that things ended for him after his spell as assistant manager with Steve Patterson here in the early 2000s um, the way that he still views the club is evidenced by our interview with him all the way back in episode 5, Gav. Episode
1: 5. Episode 5. Just pups. Didn't even know what we were doing. It was
0: before we decided to split interviews into different shows to get more longevity out of them.
1: It's a hell of a long interview, but it's... it's a But it was a very fun interview, and it's a very good listen.
0: It is. So if you've not listened to it, go back. Episode 5, we'd thoroughly recommend it. If you go into our link tree, link tr.ee forward slash APZ football podcast there is a spreadsheet embedded in there I've updated it now as well that gives you all the time stamps for when the interviews take place so you can just skip straight to that part because why would you want back to go back to listen to it? I think that is Wraith Rovers review episode possibly. 5 no it couldn't be and something like that or it might be a Wraith Rovers preview I can't remember it's something of the ilk you don't want to listen to any of that again but um, the Shearer interview is well worth a listen and we finally got down <laughs> to Cormac Park this week as well to deliver last season's Goal of the Season Award to Senti Bajewin. So here's what the diminutive, sticky toffee, pudding-loving Dutchman had to say. Vinny, congratulations on picking up last season's 2021-22 Goal of the Season Award as voted for by the ABZ Football Podcast listeners. Over a 1,000 people voted for it. How does that feel?
2: Yeah, Amazing. The love that I get since I came here is... Uh... It's been brilliant and I want to give it back to them. Uh, yeah, I'm grateful that they folded on me, hopefully this season again, and uh, yeah, I can give them back what they uh, expect from me.
0: Top man, hopefully, like you say, another couple of worldies this season for uh, Aberdeen. Will, and the Pick up that award again next season. Yeah. Great stuff, top man. Thank
1: you. Is there any reason, Gary, you didn't mention our chat last week about how we felt he should have been dropped? Didn't mention that to him to his face, no, not going to lie. Um,
0: Probably for the best Lovely guy, lovely guy Was very appreciative as you can hear from the, the audio um, But after we kind of switched the audio off um, He was really just effusive in his kind of praise About how he's been welcomed to the city How much he loves it here, etc, cetera, etc cetera. So um, yeah, fingers crossed that Vinny can, can kick on this season And um, as I said in the clip Hopefully a couple worldies this season Which means he can retain the title but he's going to have to fucking go some at the moment to um, to keep it coming away from Leighton Clarkson so we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Anyway let's move on to Lone Watch Kieran Nguyenia came on for the last minute as Wraith Rovers sought out a 2-0 win over Hamilton Ackies in the Championship. Mason Hancock came off the bench for the last 15 minutes as Arbroath fell to a 2-1 defeat at home to Queen's Park in the Championship. Evan Towler missing out in the squad altogether <sighs> once again as Cove Rangers were beating 2-1 by Air United at the Pomona in the Championship. There's a big sigh from Gav there.
1: I mean, these are going well.
0: They're not going particularly great, are they? Uh, Tom Ritchie didn't make the squad for the course
1: as they won 4-1 at Peterhead in League 1. I feel like I should like now update on like how the Queen of the South goalkeeper is doing because I mentioned that he saved a penalty yeah. like yeah. the week before and that's maybe why Tom Ritchie's not in the squad. But last week, he basically threw one in the net. So I'm a little bit surprised. But then a 4-1 win. So you're not going to change that team? No, definitely not. Kevin Henrati was 77 minutes for
0: Forfer as they went down 1-0 East Fife in League Two. And Dean Campbell off the bench again for the final fourteen minutes as Big Bad Bung giving Steve Evans, Stevenage. They won again. This time, 2-1 at home to
1: Carlisle United in League Two. Dan Staff maintained <laughs> their unbeaten start of the campaign. I mean he's an absolute bam but he does appear to have some kind of like cheat goat for lead two. does Steve Evans yeah the brown envelopes usually <laughs>
0: on to the young team anyway. after last after, after last week's 4-0 thumping of hearts spirits will have been high in the camp ahead of the trip to Hamilton and the
1: Fountain of Youth Stadium uh, let's say about that Gav the Fountain of Youth Stadium yeah Um. speechless is it better than the Spice of Life Stadium? Spice of Life, where was that? That was Hamilton a couple of seasons ago. Oh, is that what they call a the stadium now? Yeah, yeah. What, what I you think? I just it? made that up. I thought maybe that was like a youth ground or somewhere else. Oh no, no that's, that's that's New Douglas Park. That's New Douglas Park? Yeah. With the Sainsbury's around the back? Yeah. Wowzers, that's um... So did you prefer Spice of Life for Fountain of Youth? I didn't know it was... I didn't know it wasn't called New Douglas Park. <laughs> Anyway, what would you prefer? Spice of life or Fountain of Youth? Um, if Dougie Imrie was still there, I'd prefer Fountain of Youth. Yeah, yeah. Although he was a
0: bit spicy, so it's hard to say it really, isn't it? This is so. also true, yeah. Anyway, uh, the young team grabbing an early lead on seven minutes, Alfie Sturt winning the ball in the Aki's half before driving forward. I, I can't be arsed with this. Um, <laughs> we've gone away too long already tonight. It finished 6-2 to Hamilton Aki's. Um, it seems a bit mad, it was... Th- 3-2 I think with about 15 minutes to go Aberdeen got a, uh, Hamilton got a penalty Aberdeen got not it off Capitulated back in that last 15 minutes 6-2 to the finish to Hamilton Acquis For the women's team after last week's hammering at the hands of defending champions Rangers the Quines welcomed Park Thistle to the Balmoral in search of a first win of the season to kickstart their SWPL campaign One change to the starting line from last time at Chloe Gover dropping out in place of Ava Thompson as both teams looked to get their first points on the board And it was the home side who started brightly a good ball from captain Lauren Campbell found Collins who saw her shot blocked for a corner before Ailey Shore's header from the following corner was held well by the Thistle keeper. The Dons finally took a deserved lead on 23 minutes, a great ball knocked forward by Francesca Ogilvie chased down by Maya Christie and she forced the ball home after her initial strike was blocked. The Harry Rags though got themselves back into the game, went close with a couple of efforts before they finally pulled level through a powerful header by Cheryl McCullough getting on the end of a cross by Henderson. Halftime, 1-1, but the Dons changing their shape from a 3-5-2 to 4-4-2. 4-4-2 at halftime, and the tactical switch paid off almost immediately. Ogilvy's corner smashed home by Bailey Collins for her second goal of the season, but the goal, the lead wasn't the last. Ogilvy letting a ball drop over her head the ball winding its way to a Thistle player who was fouled by Finney in the box and Taylor Fisher stepped up to make no mistake from the 12-yard mark. Bailey Collins nearly had the Dons back in the lead for a third time when her left-footed effort curled just past the far stick before Chloe Gover nearly grabbed a goal with her first touch after coming off for Ava Thompson. Hutchinson's ball through finding Gover and her effort well stopped by Cunningham in the Thistle goal. Ailey Shore nearly grabbing a spectacular winner. Her effort from 25 yards, smashing off the underside of the bar and out to safety. But with both teams looking for a winner, the final whistle blew and the honours were shared. Next up for the Quines, a trip to Glasgow to face Glasgow City next Sunday. And Gav, I think that wraps up this section of the ABZ football podcast. Join us after the break for our preview of next Saturday's visit of Livingston to Pitadre in the company of Povey from the Almond View podcast. (laughs) The ABZ Football Podcast is proudly sponsored by Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Each Saturday throughout the month of August, Siberia are bringing you the very best of Aberdeen's musical talent onto their terrace in the sun, hopefully. Join them as DJs, acoustic acts and more take to the stage, and as the bar is only 30 seconds walk from the nearest bus stop to Patojo Stadium, it's the perfect place for pre- and post-match pints. And even better, head to the bar. Quote the phrase ABZ pod as ABZ pod for a £3 pint of Fosters, £4 pint of Moretti or £5 pint of Fierce any day of the week, including match days. Welcome back to the ABZ Football Podcast and before we move on to talking about the season ahead we'd just like to give a shout out to those of you who made contributions to the ABZ Football Podcast Beer and Coffee Fund this week this week, fucking hell Gav I don't want to say this, um, Cam McWilliam
1: That guy has made a power play
0: Cam McWilliam, Jesus uh, we're not doing like tier levels or anything but if we were Cam would be in what like the, the ABZFP 50 club I think
1: uh, uh, suitably, yes, absolutely. Yes. He would
0: basically be picking the starting lineup next week at this rate, as as he is right. Today. <laughs> absolutely, that's not. It. I should put out. Graham's departure this week is not linked to that in any way, shape, or form. But Cam, yourself, and uh, Mal, who also popped in a donation this week, we see you. Your bread is very, very, very much appreciated. If you'd like to help keep us fueled in beers or coffee, head on over to our. K O-fi.com forward slash abz football podcast. The link is in the description. It's ko-fi.com forward slash abz football podcast. Buy us a beer, shout us a coffee. It is much appreciated.
1: Yeah, the donations, they are much appreciated. The kind words, the kind comments as well, they are also appreciated. Not as much as the money, but they're also appreciated.
0: They are appreciated. Yeah. We like them, but you know, the money is also. Good. Not going to lie. We're also ramping up our fundraising activities for the season ahead. Most of you, if you're regular listeners will already know about this, but we're ramping up our operations to run cycle Crawl, the 2,261 kilometers that represents the distance between Aberdeen and Gothenburg before the 11th of May 2023 to mark the 40th anniversary of the Dons famous victory over Real Madrid. If you'd like to make a donation to our challenge that we'll see Fund split 50-50 between Aber Necessities and the AFC Heritage Trust, please please head on over to justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash podcast. Again, the link is in the description to drop us a donation. Anything you do would be very, very, very much appreciated. Gav, how has your week gone on the old Gothenburg
1: Challenge? I'm not going to lie, the last two weeks especially, I've been like my movement has been on par with J. Manuel Thomas. What, you've been moving to India? Not, um, <laughs> not great. It's not been great. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like I've been moving to India by plane, so I haven't actually moved myself. <laughs> pop the tracker on. You know kind happens. of like, kind of like Jet on that bike in that, like, footballers. Oh, yeah, that was quite fun. Fitness wasn't it? program, you know, he was involved in in the summer. Um, yeah, it's not been great, but, um, been feeling a little bit under the weather recently, so um, I'm, I'm I'm better now. We're back playing football now. That's a nice laddered bonus. So that does help, yeah. I will uh, double down and get myself back on par with you guys because I can see you two are pulling way ahead of me right now.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Graham's not updated it for a little while yet, so I'm now in the lead. I think um um What have I done? Let me just check that. I am now 445 clicks in. 1,815 to go. What's 1,816 actually if you're rounding it up? Uh, we're getting there, slowly but surely. If you'd like to support us, like I say, please head on over to justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash ABZ Football Podcast. Funds for this one, 50-50 to Aber Necessities and the wonderful people at the AFC Heritage Trust without whom the research we do for the kind of interviews and stuff like that just wouldn't be possible. Uh, we've got a couple more really bees and interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks with some more niche players of past and present and some real, true historical figures of past and present as well. It's fucking ridiculous what we're trying to do to and,
1: and others who don't speak a lick of the queens. <laughs> I've got that tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely falls in the niche category. Anyone knows how you insert subtitles into an audio-only podcast? Hook us up.
0: I think it's all right. I think we've got a translator. We're, we're all right. I think we're going to be laughing. Um, lastly, our ABZ Football Podcast Fantasy Football League is back On the Fantasy Football Scotland app you find a link to our league in the main landing page Or you can use the code ABZFPL to join Gav? Yes sir How has your
1: week gone? I was going to say our podcast league Is on the main landing page For one more year until they find out what we've been saying About it um, I have not had a good week At all not a good week. No, thirty-seven points. Thirty-seven. I'm on 40, so I had a marginally better week than you. I'm currently in the 169th position in our league because mainly my Celtic players didn't do well. And uh got two Dun United players in there. DDB. B. Craig Gordon in goal, who was about as active today as I was. <laughs> Uh, I had 40 points tied in
0: 141st place as it turns out now which is a bit disappointing I'm kind of saying I've got 3 Dungeon players in there I need to get that sorted out up at the top of the table it's the goat and he's got them in it so no uh, next up is Stevie Cha with Hoochie nice and he's got them in it as well so doesn't matter Dons are back a bold bold username in the third place, two, nine, eight points. See you there in Yeah, no. <laughs> not great. Anyway, there we go. Uh, there's gonna be some prizes on off of that. I still need to get around to actually doing something about it. Um, join the league if you want to. We'll get on Only
1: it. Only so long we can keep saying that until people just tap out.
0: Yeah, I know. I need I need to do something about it. Um I'll get And on it this week.
1: Uh, and because the app is so not user-friendly, can't really find Graham. So
0: down the bottom somewhere, I imagine. Anyway, let's move on. So, the Saturday sees the first visit of Livingston to Petaudry. Um We'll come on to the chat with Povy in a minute, Gav, but let's have a look at Livingston yes. quickly ourselves. Livingston played four, won two, lost two so far in the week So, the exact mirror record of ourselves wins at Dungeon United and at home to Hibbs, defeats at home to Rangers, and then away to Motherwell last time out. Uh, it's fair to say it was a slightly dubious penalty award to Motherwell uh, in that one. Finished the 7th last season. Uh, points Tally would have seen them finish 4th, but for the split. Fairly steady squad this campaign. Still 7 players in the door, with 10 going out the way, but I guess the most notable exits being Alan Forrest going to Hearts and Craig Sibbold to
1: Dungeon United. we'll talk about this in a minute with Povey from the Almond View podcast. Well, Dave? That and, you know, Max Strychek, aka Ricky Hatton himself, has left for Wicked Wanderers. Ricky Hatton. More like Anthony Joshua based on last night. Um, what, was,
0: what was that about? It's a man who's taken far too many blows to the head. That's what that's about. What's going on in Ukraine? Is I don't really know, but it's not nice.
1: Such a fucking nugget. What an idiot. <laughs> Honestly, what an idiot. Um, Where do we go from there? Apparently we do an Irish accent. Some Irish, was there? I heard a little bit of a... Where do yeah. we, we go from there? Where do we go from there? I
0: do do that in the house sometimes. I don't know why. I I find that when uh, there are moments of seriousness that by bringing a little bit of a Northern Irish lilt to my accent, it brings a bit of brevity to the situation. Not that my wife finds that tiresome or tedious. In the slightest, David Martindale favoring the Christmas tree in the last few games. He does like it when there's a bit of snow about, to be fair to him. I mean, there's no allegedly
1: there. So... Doesn't need to be a legend. He went to jail, so it's fine. Uh, yep. Yeah. Steve Evans, Mark II. Yep. Yeah. Joel Newble leading the line. <laughs> Less pies.
0: Joel Newble leading the line for Livingston, supported by uh
1: Scott. Pittman. Scott Pittman. Yeah.
0: Scott Pittman, thank you. And, and the lesser actually, Shinny. The lesser talented Shinny, that won't come back and bite us in the arse at all come Saturday with a midfield three of Kelly, Omionga, and the Unbookable. Jason Holt, Graham's favourite. Four goals scored in the four league games to date. Newblay top scorer with two. Nicky Devlin from right back, the main assist provider so far with two, goal, uh, two goals, two goals, assists as well. I guess it will come as absolutely no shock to anyone. Livingston are more than happy to give up possession and territory. The average possession of only thirty three point three percent this season, which places them lowest in the table. And if you have a look at their zones of control data, Gav's studying this graphic intently as I speak at the moment Um, I'll share this graphic when we share the episodes they're more than happy to give up territory all over the park Um, the blue the blue boxes on the graphic that I'll share, they are the only areas of the park that Livingston enjoy more than 55% of touches compared to the opposition, the red areas of the park are where the opposition has 55% or more touches in a game so you'll see that Livingston are more than happy to let teams have the ball have territory they're also not one for the press that's borne out by the fact that Livingston allow the highest number of opposition passes outside of their own defensive third before they engage providing a PPDA we're all about the fucking data this season what does
1: PPDA stand for?
0: I've got absolutely no fucking idea off the top of my head right now I should have <laughs> written it down from earlier on it's another acronym I can't remember what that's meant to mean Let's say it is passes, possession I believe it's passes per,
1: I believe it's passes, passes per defensive, per defensive action. action I was close, yeah. I was close
0: and They've got a passes per defensive action of 16.4 which is the highest in the league, which means What does that mean? well it basically means, they don't mind giving you time and space in the ball, and they will basically say, come and beat us if you can type mentality. It's not nothing in rocket science it's exactly what I'd expect David Martin and to be doing, it's what they've done over the last two or three seasons, unsurprisingly as well. They like to get the ball forward quickly. They've got the second lowest average passes per sequence, (laughs) 2.02 in the league. That's right. In an average possession sequence, they'll pass the ball to each other twice and then get a shot of it. They've so far not put together one build-up attack sequence, which is also known as having 10 or more passes, which ends in a shot or even a touch in the opposition box. So this season, in the four games so far, they've not strung 10 passes together and then had a touch in the opposition box. Says exactly (laughs) everything that I imagine you would need to expect to know about Livingston. But now, that's the kind of patronising bit done. Um, All jokes aside, all seriousness, I've got a fucking lot of time for the Am Review podcast, boys. Um, I've got a lot of time for Livingston fans generally because it's very very easy to given the proximity given the geography for them to support hearts or hips or the ugly sisters in Glasgow. so i've actually got a lot of time for livingston fans to be fair to them you know
1: what something i've just thought about because we yeah go for it i mean that's well i mean it doesn't really matter so much now but i need to keep this in mind for the next time we speak to the guys yeah because we're not recording this in sequence (laughs) no because of magic i remember (laughs) when we played livingston when they first appeared um in the league with like all the guys like you know the likes of um Pascanelli Fernandez and Pascanelli and Zauza and Tosh and all those kind of guys we would go to Livingston go to the um the old what's it called? Was it Almond Amonville Amondvale yeah. and we'd have five thousand yeah. fans and they'd have like roughly five thousand fans. Like their section wasn't empty, it was pretty full. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah, yeah. But why is it that now when they've got kind of on paper, like, more local lads, which you would think maybe perhaps be more engaging, why do they have so little supporters? It's a good question, Gavin. It's a very good question.
0: I suspect that they dropped a lot of supporters when they kind of, like, went through all those financial issues. And they
1: basically went bust. And they nearly went bust, yeah.
0: I think, I suspect they shipped a lot of fans, especially when they started dotting around.
1: I mean, did they go back to League 2? They went to League 2, yeah.
0: You know, so I I think they lost a lot at that point.
1: Yeah, possibly. Um, You would think, though, as they build and build and get back to where they went that the support would perhaps come back to them but yeah. Yeah, there we go.
0: Anyway, um, wanted to maybe pick up with the boys from the Amway podcast next time out. Um, I mean,
1: it's, it felt like they used to pack out the away end with that fucking, well I might presume the guy that played the drum. Yeah, probably, I
0: imagine. Anyway, we... <laughs> I've got like a PTSD of butt-headed lad that smashed on the 6th. <laughs> oh, I don't, yeah.
1: I, can't, I can't remember You know what I mean though. Oh Gary Bolin Was it Gary Bolin? I think we thought it was Bolin But I don't think it was Bolin In the 6-1 Yeah Well see, because they had a bald left back And they had a bald right back <laughs> But I think <laughs> I he might be getting, getting confused Over Livingston Rubbing some pedagogy I need to look this up now uh, I think Gary Bolin I mean. scored a screamer again in that 6-1 let me see. Let me see. Uh what season would that have been? Uh 2001 2 ish. Maybe 2001. Abby was in charge. So Staphen was still here.
0: Staphen played in that game cuz we spoke a bit with him.
1: Yes. So that one.
0: Here we go. Here we go. Got it. Uh, was it Caputo? Mmm, I don't think so. It was in the second half, wasn't it? Yeah. Caputo, Bingham uh, Boland played that night
1: but it wasn't him this is great listening for people might have been a different game I could have sworn Uh, Gary Bolin scored an absolute screamer against us
0: I think it was the same game but we've clearly just made a mistake about it says Lovell hit an unstoppable drive beyond Essen. I remember that I don't remember that maybe you're right, maybe it's a different game we're thinking about Barry Wilson scored two Davy Bingham, (laughs) Stuart Lovell, and then Caputo scored two. But Caputo Mm. wasn't a fullback, was he? It was a centre half.
1: Yeah. I say so confidently. I mean, (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was a centre back.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We've maybe got mixed up. This is a horrendous segue now. Anyway, um, on that basis, shall we pass over to us catching up with Povey from the Almond View podcast to get his thoughts on the game? Povey from the Almond View podcast. Podcast, how's it going? All right, how are y'all doing, lads? We're good, we're good, we're not too bad. Well, I'm, I'm speaking
1: for both of us here. I'm good. Gav, how are you? Bad man, yeah. You're Talking. a bit more
2: positive than me after your your result yesterday. Anyway. Well, that's
1: it. I mean, you know, away wins for Aberdeen, clean sheets for Aberdeen. These are not common occurrences anymore. So yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing here, man.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Who would have thought a
0: 1-0 win at St. John's would
1: have us, and I quote, buzzing. There we go. <laughs>
2: I'm surprised you did uh Storm the pitch, you know, get get all the, <laughs> like you did against us when you beat us two one <laughs> last year.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, thank thank you, Max. Straight <laughs> I
2: know. Got see you later, by the way, Max. That's uh, like unforgiven from that, but uh, yeah, that's him gone down south now. So good riddance. I saw that. Where's he ended up? He's Where's away he to join
1: uh, Jack Glimmer at Wigan Wanderers. Oh, that's,
2: that's, that's not so... a bad move
1: for him. That seems like a higher level than what I'd expected.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know what? He, he played yesterday, he got a clean sheet. They won 3-0 away against I don't know who somebody didn't have. But um that is to be honest, he had a lot of good moments for us. That game against you, that was that was just one of the few blips that he made, but they cost <laughs> us massively, you know. Uh big blips. But like, you know, you can fault him against uh he he, he Got us a point against at Parkhead uh, last year, and he got us. You know, he got some good clean sheets. But um, yeah, see you later.
1: (laughs) Did he punch anyone yesterday?
2: Did he punch anyone? Oh, right. (laughs) Don't know. I need to see some highlights because I bet (laughs) he'll be bloody amazing down there, and there'll be no nothing mad like total mad stuff he did was. Just ask me because he has got a form for it. So.
0: He totally does <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Let's just like get, Let's get going I mean like It's been It's an interesting Start to the season I guess for both the sides um, Ahead of next weekend's Clash of the Titans At the home of football um, Both teams are going to go in Played 4-1-2 two, Lost 2 in the league Obviously Levy wins At Dundee United But we don't count that Because Dundee United are pish <laughs> and At home at Hebs, We don't count that either Because Hebs are pish <laughs> um, But defeats at home The Rangers And then away at Motherwell Yesterday Um, Although Fucking hell! Let's quickly talk about that penalty kick that we all got yesterday. Holy shit!
2: I mean, it was it was weird. So I was uh, I was out of the game behind the the other goal. So like, didn't I really get a, a good view of what what had happened. And it was it was kind of weird atmosphere. It was like no nobody no real Motherwell fans were claiming for it. So then, and there was a massive delay when it happened. I wasn't sure if what was going on, if they were like retaking the corner or something like that. It was really hard to tell. And then it was like, wait a minute, that's a penalty. And then it was only when, uh, you know what it's like, when you don't know what's going on, and then the guys who are watching streams on his goal or whatever (laughs) message you and go, that is never a penalty. It was for a handball, but didn't touch it. Just the standard of refereeing in our top league in Scotland is dire, lads. It's... I mean, if we are bringing VAR in, it's just annoying because we've we've lost a point there. You know, more more annoyingly, like Motherwell have got three points when neither team deserved anything. That should have been a wee like, let's just stop the game. <laughs> Nobody gets a point because the the quality uh, on display yesterday was awful. I was uh, I was half asleep during <laughs> Honestly, that. Honestly, it was that dire.
0: You see, I've got a pretty horrendous record at Fir Park as well, as I recall, so I, I guess it, it just goes down to form, doesn't it? Although, we can't talk, so do we. Our record at Fir Park in recent seasons is absolutely fucking horrendous. Um, They're such
2: a weird team, man. Like, like, how on earth did they get in Europe last season? That's just uh, mind-boggling. Well, we know why, because bloody Ricky Lam- Lammy's nose against us, that's the reason they got in. Uh, but, uh, like, they were really... They were rotten. They were, they were poor last season, you know, and it, it is. I don't know why we shite bag it against Motherwell always at Far Park. 2002 was the last time we won there. Like that's ridiculous, man. Uh, I and uh, so you've got pretty bad form against Motherwell too. Eh? It
1: feels especially in like the very like recent history. Yeah, like to the tail end of Derek McInnes through. I mean yeah. glass was horrendous against them and yeah, Jim Goodwin got a draw in the first his first game. But yeah, they took us to the cleaners last week and could Yeah, they they probably pulled our pants down last week. Mm-hmm. Um it's the best I way would, to put it. I would say it was kind of a little bit like Livingston against us in the bottom six. Oh
2: like yeah, totally.
1: When uh, you guys just did a number on us. The only difference is we could score. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Um yeah, we just we can't do this thing called
2: defending. At least we couldn't last week. I mean, so uh it was four mental goals, wasn't it? It was the last week. It was uh, three. What was it? Three-two or four? Three-two, three, uh, three three, 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 sorry. sorry, it was three mental goals. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, like, well, I reckon it sets up for an all right tie. Although, tell you what, we couldn't have scored yesterday for any. So it's changed a wee bit. But I reckon Martindale will uh, kick some butts after that, shake things up. Uh, see, we started the game yesterday... With the same lineup that we've done pretty much all season, yeah. There's uh, even Rangers, uh, there was only one change uh, that we made, and that was due to an injury. But we've had the same lineup for the last three games, which I, you kind of understand because, like, you're getting results against Dundee United the way you're beating Hibs at home, but like, Motherwell, they're like they play wider, they're they play differently. And I, I don't know why we didn't start off with wider players. And it was just, Nibley was like non-existent, you know, after being man of the match on sports team the last couple of weeks. He was non-existent, you know. And, uh, and yeah, we were just making daft passes. But Motherwell weren't great. And I I, I don't know, they didn't look like the team that uh, played Drew the week before.
0: Anyway. Yeah. I think um, it's going to be interesting because you guys have kind of favoured like the kind of Christmas tree so far, most mm. of the games this season. You've played with a kind of narrow front three of Nublai, Pittman and Shinny playing mm. really, really narrow as a three, which is what St. Johnston did yesterday. They went Christmas tree as well yesterday. And we went, we were very attacking in the sense we really pushed our fullbacks on. We kind of were a bit like, we don't really care about your two kind of wider players, but yeah. not really wide players. We don't really care, but them. we're going to push on a little bit and create overloads up the flanks. So it's going to be interesting to see, like you say, what Martindale does next Saturday, because I would imagine he's going to have a look at what Aberdeen did at St. Johnston yesterday. And like I say, St. Johnston set up in exactly the same way that you guys have been setting up. And the way that we picked off St. Johnston was actually quite impressive yesterday. We spoke about it quite a bit in the review of the game from yesterday. I thought actually tactically we were set up really well. It's going to be very interesting to see what you guys decide to do. Does he? Do you think he sticks with new play up top? I mean, he kind of has to in one way, because he's kind of, you know, this enigma... But at the same
1: time, does it maybe favour like a Bruce Anderson type? Do you think Saturday? I was gonna say there's a guy called Bruce Anderson who apparently really enjoys playing against Aberdeen,
2: mm-hmm. or should I
1: say enjoys scoring against Aberdeen?
2: I just I love him like full stop, and like it's the best gift that Aberdeen have ever given Livingston. It's just <laughs> amazing. He, he was on the bench, and uh, um, so he was. He was not on the bench yesterday, so he's no. been struggling with an injury. Yeah, he he featured against uh, Hibbs, but yeah. and it was great seeing that. So against Hibbs, we played Nibley and Anderson up top for the last twenty minutes. Basically, when they equalized, uh, we changed it up because we were really good. We've been really good all season, by the way. It's just yesterday was like a completely different, a different team that turned. Uh, they didn't even turn up, you know. But I would, I I'm not adverse to the idea of certainly having Anderson on the park assuming he's fit, like, uh, and Nubley on the park. Whether that's part of... Uh, I mean, you don't really see two up front. No. Uh, but Nubley is able to play in the wing. You know, uh, last season when he came back on loan from us from... Uh, came back from his loan from our bro, he was pretty much played on the on the wing with Anderson yeah. up up there. Uh, but... Because the things he can do on the ball is unreal. Uh, not yesterday, but yeah, I, he'll still he's still got the ability to cause you get your defence real yeah. problems. Like,
0: I wonder if that's what maybe Martin does is he decides to try and pin one of our fullbacks back by playing Nubley up against him. and against you know Newbley's a big physical lad against Coulson. I'd I'd, I'd fancy Newbley in terms of his physicality against Coulson. Yeah. in terms of Richardson it could at least pin Richardson back well Richardson's just a flying fullback that's all he wants to do is go up the park he doesn't really want to do too much defending yeah, um, yeah. I mean it's interesting that you touched on yesterday because I mean, I'm mean, i just looking through the data from yesterday's game mm. now, for you guys I mean Nubly mm-hmm. had the least touches of any player on the park for 90 minutes he only, he only touched the ball 21 times in 90 minutes which is just nothing and yeah. um, clearly was getting a bit frustrated losing a lot of duels as well. I'm presuming you were just getting the ball as direct as you could up to him and hoping for the best. And
2: Yeah, yeah. We didn't we didn't, we didn't have the much possession at all. I don't know what I was saying about the stats there possession wise, but it didn't feel like we had much of the ball, certainly in the second half.
0: 58-42 uh, is what it's coming out as.
2: Ah, uh, right. I, so, I mean, that's quite high for us, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I was
0: we about to say you've got like the lowest percentage of possession in the league. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> 14 against Rangers on the first day of them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we just couldn't get up to him, as you say. Uh, he just didn't. did Didn't, he, didn't he really get many opportunities? You know, uh, Lammy had them on the toast, which is a horrible thing to say. <laughs>
0: I, I was going to say I, I fancy that if if that's how you decide to go, like Anthony Stewart. Will really relish that as our new kind of centre half. That's the kind of battle. I think he'll really relish a physical battle against our big lad mm. up top.
2: Well, I it's and I I think that would be the right thing to do. I think man marking Nubly. If you were sure, I'd almost uh, put him in a man marking mm. role, assuming the rest of your uh, defence can like cover for yeah. for him. Uh, somebody needs to be on Nubly because he, he will get frustrated. I reckon he's not going to get all these. He's kind of taken everyone a wee bit by surprise at the start of the season, but, you know, he was found out yesterday, if you guys do your homework, there's no reason why Noobly can't uh, be be quite quiet next week as well. He's a I good Jet, that, isn't he? He's a good Jet. Man, he's a... Man, no... Pff, nobody's like Jet. Like, Jet was... <laughs> jet was off. To be fair, right, I, out of the, I'm i in view boys, I'm the, the biggest... Like, I was always the one that was dissing Jet. And you know, I I I was the one who predicted that he would be stinking for you guys. I remember like he, he like we played it against free throwers in the league cup, and you guys were all buzzing, singing songs about him, and I and I was like, that will not last. Like, <laughs> and sure enough, best gold. best best bit of business of it we've ever done, like
1: <laughs> gold star to this man.
2: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Are you aware
1: of where Jet is now?
2: Oh, um, it was. I saw something. He put some mad thing on his Instagram video story, where he was like, "He signed for a new club," and he was just like, "Some. Who, where is it again? Can you he's remember?" A, he's in India now. India, that's yeah. it.
1: Jamshedpur, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, the Indian Super League. Um, yeah,
2: I could be sure he put something up. Like, uh, it was like the way he described himself, like as playing is like. Yeah, some things work out, some things don't work out. I'm like, man, that's no way to sell yourself as a player. <laughs> it's,
1: yeah. it's the wonderful little montage they put on their social media of him at Aberdeen exclusively, and it's like <laughs> one goal and a lot of touches, like 30, 40 yards away from goal that look good, but then you know, nothing happened after that.
2: <laughs> Unreal. He was, yeah. I mean, yeah, he did score a couple of cracking goals. He had some, but... That for me, I'm not interested in seeing anyone like that. Yeah, no, Nubly is totally different. Nuble has the potential to be like a, a great player. Honestly. Yeah, he looks
0: he looks really good. To be fair, he I think he's, he's very rough around the edges still, but mm-hmm. he's got a I, lot going for him. That's going for
2: him. A, I don't think I've been ex- as, as excited as a player since uh, London Dykes. There's uh, that's the last time I was probably this excited for a a, a player. So. Aye, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. We'll see. How, how it should, could be an interesting battle with Stuart anyway, I, think
0: I, so. I think it could be if you decide to go that way. I mean, it's an interesting season for Livingston this year because, like you guys, like when the last time I spoke to, I think it was Liam, was the last time, and I think we'd spoken about, you know, what you're hoping for this season, What's your aspirations, etc. It was always just like every season, stay up. That's yeah. that's all we want to do. And I'm like, you guys are kind of part of the furniture now. Like, I, I, I for me, it doesn't feel as though Livingston are really a team who. Should be looking over your shoulders any longer. I feel that like you're very established in the top. Like you, I've got a manager who, for his faults, <clears throat> i.e., going on Rangers podcasts, um <sighs> knows what he's doing, sets his team up in a way that means you're very, very, very difficult to to beat most weeks. And this season as well, like you guys have like it, it seems to me looking from the outside, and this is just obviously me being, you know, probably a bit naive, but. It seems to me like it's the first time in a long time you've had what appears to be a relatively settled first 11, 12, mm-hmm. 13 players going from one season into the other. I mean, I'm looking at your starting lineup against Muddle yesterday. It's all boys who were at the club last season, mm-hmm. with I think maybe the exception of the keeper, I think it is. Yep. You know, that makes a massive difference, doesn't it, for you guys this season? You're coming in with a real settled team who know exactly what it's all about and what the kind of manager's after.
2: Absolutely. It's definitely the case we've seen it straight away against rangers it was great we've seen it consistently the first three games um uh, mother game as the mother game was a Motherwell game it's out of the way but uh, it's definitely um like it can't be that far off we had a really good uh, uh bottom six obviously from seventh got a great result against you guys probably not that many uh Players different on the, on the team sheet from that last game compared to uh, upper at Pataudry, compared to what you'll see on Saturday. Yeah, um, I, it's it's definitely helped, and um, you know what? It's just a good place to be right now. As um, and in general, the, the club, obviously the aspiration is staying up, but honestly, you're hearing it from the players saying, "No, nah, we want to get one more point than we did. Like, we finished on last season." which would be a top six spot, hopefully. So we're really aiming for top six. Just like, bear in mind, Europe, that word, oh, my God, for us would just be like, that's mind-boggling stuff as a Levy fan. Like, you're talking five years ago, you'd piss yourself off in okay. someone's face if they mentioned Europe, you know? And, like, it is not, as you say, we are in about it. We're, it's just if we can get about we didn't have great home form last season I think if we can improve that that might get us in that top six and when you're in the top six you, anyone's got a chance and you in Europe there eh so I mean Ross County came close as well how, how mental is that when you think about it <laughs> but like it, it's an interesting league you guys should certainly be in about the top six like what is your aspirations because for me Aberdeen should
0: be there like I'll let Gav go with this one first and
1: Then I'll give my view It's kind of like almost two-parted When you consider last season And what an absolute disaster that <clears> was Because <throat> uh, we've had a huge turnover in players I think it's, we've brought 11 in And I couldn't even well, tell you how many yeah. I couldn't even tell you how many Have left, gone out the door 12 have gone yeah. I think And then there's still probably more to go well, There's probably more to go Probably still more to come in yeah. um, And we're not bringing in players like you know From scotland or england we're bringing players from um out with um who are settling mm-hmm. into a new league so in one part just simply progress um mm-hmm. a better season than last year um top six would be the first part in that but also there's that part of ethics that, that we're dealing with a very healthy budget and i don't think I don't think I think there's always significant evidence to suggest the league this year has got some pretty poor teams in it
2: I'd agree Massively
1: Dundee United Hibbs. (laughs) to name name, but two Um, and I don't think Hearts are like that I don't think they're a mile off of us either Mm, Hearts I I keep arguing to people all last season Hearts are not a good side I'm pretty sure that Hearts Player of the year must have been Craig Gordon last season. That would have been, oh, easy! <clears throat> and if <throat> your goalkeeper is your player of the year, that does not suggest that you're like playing teams off the pitch.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I uh, think I, they're there to be caught. Yeah, but but I, but I think we've got to, like learn to walk before we run. And yeah, we'll there that huge steps like, there because, like you know, cause last last season was horrendous, and you're not going to get over that just like just like that. So progress, I mean, simply, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah Gav's all about progress I mean like I got invited On to, like you know The BBC Sports Scotland Like the series of podcasts That they did with saw, Ray Bradshaw
2: Yeah I saw that
0: You'd done that Because eh? um, you know We're fucking big time And all that on this podcast I now love that and, um, Big
1: podcast boys here. right <laughs> And uh, I started creating Beef We're talking to guys like, That are like part of 442 magazine here We're, we're yeah, small, exactly. We're small we're fry exactly <laughs> Yeah
0: absolutely Yeah definitely And like I started Creating some beef I think with Hearts fans Because I was like I'm adamant that My Hearts last season Were not a good football team Because I was like the rest of the league just literally went. Do you want to finish third this season, Hearts? Yeah, mm-hmm. here you go then. Just have it. Like nobody like did anything to stop them. There were. I don't. I honestly, genuinely don't think they were a good side last season. I watched us play them off the park at a moment in the season where we were at our absolute fucking worst, and we mm-hmm. were really good that day. Craig Gordon's stats. When you look at them, and I was, I was talking about this with a Hearts fan actually last week. I was like, he had the highest save percentage in the league, but you look at the amount of shots he faced, and I was like that's a team that's given up Yeah, chances yeah. all over the place. I was like, I don't think they're as good as you think you are. And I think, I think they'll struggle with the Thursday, Sunday thing. I think they'll struggle with that going forward. Cause that's going to happen regardless of what happens with them against Zurich. Yeah. They're, they're
2: going to hit that group. Uh, and it's one dumb. of them anyway. Yeah.
0: You know, I look at it and I kind of, I kind of tend to be, I try to be pragmatic sometimes like Gav just said, it's just, it's got to be a bit of progress and we've got to improve on what last season was like. And at the same time I go, generally speaking in football, Budgets dictate where you finish in the league generally, you know, general rule of thumb, we will be paying in the top four budgets. I suspect Hearts is playing budget slightly higher than ours this season. So for me, top four minimum has to be where we're aiming for. And then that means I think we need to try and really be challenging Hearts to get that third spot um, back off them again and and, and show that last season's a bit of a flash in the pan for them. That's where I am. But it's been a bit hit and miss so far. It's like we look decent coming through the Premier Sports Group stages, but it's hard to tell because you're playing lower league competitions. So it's hard to really see where you're at. Um, against Celtic, we didn't really lay a glove on them down at Parkhead, although we had an amazing chance with Johnny Hayes, just poor half time. And he scores that 1 1 at half time. It maybe changes the dynamic of the game a little bit. Simmering at home, 4 1 looks comfortable, but it's hard to gauge it because it was against 10 men will pulled their pants down and I don't know where that performance came from I, came out, yeah. I reckon that's a blip by the way
2: I do think that was a blip like,
0: and then St. Johnston yesterday we looked comfortable for the entire game but again I feel it's hard to judge I was talking to a guy today about it because I think St. Johnston are absolute dog shit so late. Um, that's not going to give me any favours with
1: Sam and Danny on Dogger Saints but there we go Um it's so cliche and we're probably going to say it every game this year but Livingston at home will be will tell us a lot about mm-hmm. where we are
0: Absolutely, it's games like Livingston at home, it's games like and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way but if we want to finish top 3, top 4 we need to be taking maximum points out of games yeah. against yourselves, home and away is where we would need to be if we want to have any aspirations to do that and given the number you guys did in us at the back end of last season I... in the split you you hammered us in that 2-1 game at, um, at, at the Tony Mack yeah, or just that, after Christmas or just before Christmas. I, I,
2: was, I was hospitality that day. That was a belter yeah, of
0: a day. I loved that. Uh, we were terrible that day. Even the two one at the start of the season, where you know we get the win through strike checks, when the ball in his net. Um, we were pretty poor that day as well. Like the warning signs should have been there for us that day about how our season might yeah. go. To be honest with you, so for me, Goodwin has tried to set us up this season to be a lot more dynamic, to be a lot more, you know, quick through the lines breaking through the lines a lot quicker Livingston are the absolute test on our setup this season as far as this goes because you know we know and again it's it's not I'm, I'm not talking a term when i say this because when you just look at the data it's pretty obvious livingston are more than happy to give up possession more than happy to give up territory are not going to do high pressing on you it's basically we'll sit in show us what you've got
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm
0: and last season we struggled big time with that I guess any team that came and did that to us at Petaudry especially I suspect that's what Livingstone will do on Saturday so it's a big test for us to see have we got that bit of creativity a bit of quickness through the lines whatever to try and create chances now and try and take them that's the this is a for me it's a big big it's a big test of where we're going to be this season I think Saturday it's going to be a very interesting game I think
2: yeah I mean I'll be honest if we're getting a point on Saturday that's that's amazing yeah uh, you guys, you touched that big time there. That your with your budget, and you compare it to Livingston's budget. Yeah, you really know. shouldn't. And we're talking at your ground. There shouldn't be a contest like, but we're just getting used to it. I mean, I'm I'm talking about oh maybe if we finish top six, maybe we'll get in Europe. That's mad. Like given our budget, that as a fan, I'm saying that. Eh? But like it, it's not honestly. As and as you were saying, Gab, the about the other teams in the league, they're just not that good. So I, I honestly that's why I'm it, it doesn't seem that unbelievable for me to talk be taught in top six and I, I don't um, think
0: it's outside I don't I honestly don't think it is. I think Europe's a reason a really realistic prospect for Limiting. Yeah. If you if you get your shit together and you do mm. what you've done for the last couple of seasons, I mean I think I'm sure that depending on how things play out in the Scottish Cup and stuff, but let's just say for argument's sake, it ends up being you know Celtic or Rangers against one of the teams that finish in the top four you know I'm pretty sure there'll be a fifth spot in Europe on offer again at the end of the season I'm yeah sure right, for sure yeah and I mean I look at the teams in the league at the moment and I think I said it yes and it's a bold call four games in but I was like it already to me based on everything I've seen this season it looks to me like a straight shootout between Kilmarnock United and St Johnston for who's going to go down
2: yeah because
0: all three of them well, County, do you know I'm
2: counting I think
0: Kitney, as much as it pains me, will probably have enough about them to do all right. I think they'll probably pick up. I mean, I thought it was a big three points for them against Kilmarnock yesterday just to kind of get themselves up and running. Um, And from there you go, well, it's all to kind of play for up at the top Mm. end of the table. And a team puts together, like I say, you guys will be solid. I suspect you guys Mm. will be there or thereabouts for top six anyway. And if you get yourselves in, you've got every chance of of making that top five and potentially Europe.
2: One one difference that now David Martindale said um, about you were talking about Craig Gordon earlier and how how many points he like basically earned hearts. We've we paid money for our our, our goalkeeper, Shamel mm. George. That's the first time we've paid money for a, any player. <laughs> I'm honestly, like yeah. and no, I don't know. Like easy a decade. I don't know. Easy a decade. It's, we've never done that. And uh, the the guy who goes, uh chamal George he he's looking like he's a good number. Obviously yesterday it was a penalty. What you're going to do about that? Yeah. Um, uh, the, but you know he's 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 got a clean sheet there uh, against Dundee United. Uh, the the fair enough the Rangers game he was maybe out of position, but he, he worked on that and you could see that against Hibbs uh, where he made a really good save from a free kick. I think if he can. If he can uh, do the business, then that that will give us that extra edge. See, just thinking, I wonder how he'll cope against uh, uh, your man. What's uh, it's Miofsky, isn't it? Is is in it? Miofsky, yeah. i it, like because I, I I thought he was looking. Well, again, I'm looking at highlights. Say, eh? you guys will be able to tell me, but I I was like, he looks like the sort of pain in the arse player, really dangerous to play against. A bit like Van Van Veen. To be fair, <laughs> yesterday was. Not that bad. I think he's a not a right player. I think he, he, he's he's about a pain in the arse. When he when they got the penalty, I was like, well, he's cl- he, he'll finish because he, uh, he's clinical. But as Miowski. It's what's he what's he looking like? Well, Is he going to cause I, us problems?
1: I think for the sake of Gary's heart condition, we'll avoid comparisons with Kevin Van Veen.
2: Oh, please, i in
1: Boyan started really well. He scored uh, scored four goals. So mm. far this season uh, had a very good header disallowed against the Johnston, which was a, a dubious decision to say the very least. Really? Um, He's not, he's not, na- he's not a nasty player in the way of like a Van Veen and that kind of pain in the arse kind of manner. Mm. He's not probably that as physical, but technically he looks very, very good. And he's very, he's like he only getting sharper and sharper. Mm. Like he came in, he came into us, before the race game so like we're already in the season and he hadn't had much of a pre-season himself so getting
0: yeah, him up to yeah. speed
1: but he's looking he's looking really really good i mean we paid a significant amount of money for him yeah like mm-hmm. somewhere in the region of possibly seven fifty, seven hundred fifty thousand uh, pounds. Probably
0: about 600 650 something like that but for aberdeen that's obviously a decent a chunk of change it's, it's yeah, been a while we since we paid them, that sort oh, of oh, yeah. players but i mean yeah. um,
1: as we saw last year, like you can have the you can have as good a striker as you want. If you don't get service to them, then yeah, true. It doesn't not doesn't really matter. So um that's kind of the big thing that we've had is that we're actually creating chances because as Gary said, we've goodwins made the team mm-hmm. a lot more dynamic and there's a whole lot more pace in the team now than there was last year. Yeah, definitely. And we are we are sir, we are creating opportunities for them. So
0: that's the thing, like even last week I was saying a little bit pulling our pants down. Um we still scored two against them. We probably could have had three or four, you know, and that's right. the difference for me is that, it, okay, and it, it still was a bad performance all around, but we still create chances and still scored. Whereas I look mm. at bad performances we had last season at home, in particular, you know, I look at the, the game against yourselves post-split, where we were just horrendous.
1: You know, we, didn't like, we, didn't look, so, we didn't look
0: like we didn't we didn't look scoring for ninety minutes. I think we scored event. I, I, I was, at, I, it, was probably, it was two one.
2: Uh, so but it was. I thought still, it was two
0: like, nil until I looked at it again today. And I was yeah. like two one. I was like where the fuck did we score? And then I remember there was like a penalty given them about the last like twenty seconds. But <laughs> penalty oh, was yeah. the only way we were scoring goals last season. Um, <laughs> well, that's why Lewis Ferguson ended up. Being Lewis
1: Ferguson football. scored, didn't he? Yeah.
0: Um, but so that was the, like, the one positive I took out of last week's performance was the fact that we'd scored a couple of goals and we looked like we could we could score goals. Um, yes, against Johnston again. We touched on the review. We didn't look like overly. We had a lot of ball and played some nice stuff, but we didn't look overly creative. But then when I went back and looked at, at, at the numbers, and went back And looked at the highlights, we could have easily scored like four or five yesterday as well. If mm, Players had mm-hmm. their shooting boots on and stuff. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we go. I mean, listen, probably we'll, we'll kind of wrap things up. Here, yeah. Um. But listen, let's let's um two things, two questions for you. Your your favorite moment. As a Libby fan, against Aberdeen, and two your prediction mm. for Saturday, and you'll have a lot to pick from on that first question.
1: <laughs> well, Liam oh. and Jake had plenty of options for themselves, so we'll <laughs> see if there, uh, we'll see if you pick up anything different.
2: Oh, it's an interesting one. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot over that o- over history, you know that there's been great great results up there, and and our, our oh, let me have a think. I mean. I wasn't at the the infamous game when we were in the um, second division and um, uh, we John Robertson scored the winner. You know John Robertson played that game. Yeah, I was. I, we were there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. I, it was a midweeker and I was. Uh, I was a wee school boy. School night couldn't make it up there. Uh, I'm going to go for, and the, uh, I'm going to go for when we beat you in the quarter final of the Scottish Cup. And Burton O'Brien scored from the halfway line, and it was at Ammonville. Again, it was a midweeker, and we just won the League Cup. So, this is 2004. Uh, so, Burton no, O'Brien scored from the halfway line. Is
1: that the infamous Steve that night. night? Yeah, it is. It's that night.
2: Yeah. The yeah. very one.
0: Uh, <laughs> do, do you remember this? Were you at the game? Oh, I was at the game. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: um, it was on TV uh, because it was yeah. a replay. It was that season we, we, we played you guys as many times as we possibly could.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: yeah. We played, we, it you was beat like us. two
2: in one week, was there? Not, Aye, yeah. You
1: you beat us in the League Cup. We obviously played each other four times in the league and we mm. played obviously twice in the Scottish Cup. Mm. Um Burton O'Brien scores that goal and um <laughs> it was pissing down with rain. I remember this so vividly. <laughs> yeah. Um the camera goes to Steve Patterson, our, our manager at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. who had his His issues that everyone knew about anyway. And um, there he is, you're kind of expecting like maybe he's like up on his feet, barking out instructions, talking with Duncan Shearer, creating a plan, talking to a substitute, something like that. Nope. he's huddled in In the dugout with his jacket, kind of like over his head, a cigarette in his mouth, (laughs) desperately trying to light this thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: And it just didn't happen. And the camera stayed on for what felt like an eternity. It was probably about 10 seconds, but it felt like an eternity. And that was a moment where I just remember thinking, this is, we've hit rock bottom. This <laughs> yeah. is good. Aberdeen.
2: <laughs> this yeah. Is yeah. It is. Our,
1: our manager can't even light a fag. <laughs> in
2: <right? laughs> <laughs> the sudden rain. Meanwhile,
1: in <laughs> meanwhile, whoever our goalkeeper, like Essendon or whoever was punting the ball to John right. Stewart and Lee Hines while Marvin Andrews comes flying over them.
2: Ah, Absolutely. Uh, I know it was, it was, it was just because of that era, like that. Just that spell was amazing. Let's say we just won the league cup, or something, or I kind of I think we just won it, and it was our first game. In, at, uh, and at and it, it was only like four days after or something. It was amazing. We we beat us, And we had Celtic at Hamden for the next. day. Uh, in fact, that that was our um, that was the last time as a fan that we've been in Hamden. I, apart from playing fucking Queens Park, but like <laughs> uh, for for a uh, for a cup game, that was the last time uh, after that Of course, yeah, you missed the COVID one, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, we missed we missed the infamous Buddy I don't even yeah. want to talk about that. Don't don't end on a low for me like that. <laughs> we won't. We'll leave you the high
0: of Steve Patterson not able to light a fag in the bucket at Am and Vale. Right, come on, Povey predictions for Saturday.
2: Well, first of all, before I tell you my prediction, I'm going to predict I'm going to have a good day regardless. Uh, Look out for me. I'm actually going to be on the pitch because uh, I help a mate out with um, pyrotechnicians, right, and pyrotechnics, and you guys are getting some pyrotechnics on Saturday. We have a scoop. I believe. We have a scoop. Uh, So, yeah, you're getting some flames and stuff, I believe. Oh, that's the that's the word. As far as I'm aware, that's how I'm getting there. So uh, if you see that, look out for me. I'll be making sure nobody's uh, going near the fire. <laughs> nobody's, so, getting, like, yeah.
0: nobody's going okay. keen.
2: <laughs> no, exactly. I'll be like, security boy, nobody's getting on the pitch. For <laughs> I know what you boys are like jumping on a pitch. Like, so. <laughs> uh, but in terms of the game, um, I... I, I could probably see us score in. Um, I think we'll be a pain in the arse, but I think you'll, I reckon 1 1. Uh, and I think what will happen is we'll go 1 0 up and then you'll score late on, maybe. That's my prediction 1 1. Um, we'll probably, our, our defence is going to get the boot up at our, our, our arse needs because Obalai has been really good, is was not good yesterday and he's going to be. Solid. So one one is what I'm going for. You're
0: one turn. one. Tell Love me, it. Gav. Come on, I'll let you go first.
1: Um, one one. That exact sequence is what I predicted with Jake for the post-split game, and then they absolutely did a number on us. <laughs> so I don't know if there's some kind of like mind games going on there. Um, I have got a feeling we're going to put the Motherwell game to bed by delivering a positive performance against Livingston, and we're going to get a two-one victory. Because Bruce Anderson will of course score
2: Yes I hope so But I hope the result's wrong
0: <laughs> I'm I'm going to go the same I'm going to go 2-1 Aberdeen uh, And I'm going to say It'll be Joel though That gets the goal for Livingston um, Actually no it'll be Graham's favourite player Jason Holt Jason Holt yeah, our, yeah. Our, our third wheel on the podcast Absolutely fucking adores Jason Holt um,
1: Oh
2: really I love that
1: the unbookable, <laughs> the unbookable Jason Holt It's one of these wonderfully niche
0: Footballing references In Scottish football you know
2: he is could arguably our best player. He is unreal. Uh, I was with, uh, in the Hibs game, We I was with a, a group that uh, sponsored the match and we got to pick the man in the match and we get, it had to be Jason Holt. He's just unreal. Uh, he'll be a pain in the arse for you, so I hope. And... Uh, and he won't like him so much after Saturday. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's one it's, it's
0: it's it's up there with our kind of Greg Wild thing. I think, um, yeah, three one. Did I say three one? Did I say, three one? say two one?
2: one. Oh, one. Fuck it, go confident. Three Fuck one. Three. We'll with Bring three. On. Why not? We'll, we'll add on. another
0: one. We'll add another one. <laughs> uh, Bojan Miofsky hat trick. There we go. We'll um to get our season really up and running. But um, listen, Poby, appreciate you taking time, mate. It's been good. Good crack for a Sunday evening.
2: Uh, no, thanks so much, guys. That's, uh, enjoyed catching up. Like, Absolutely. And, uh, I, I, well, have a good one on Saturday and like, obviously ha- we'll have a good one over the season.
0: Absolutely. You two, obviously with the exception of every time we play, you all the very yeah. best for, for, <laughs> for the rest of the season. Povey from Dammit Review Podcast, thank you very much. All the best, mate. Cheers, lads. That wraps up this week's episode of the ABZ Football Podcast. This is what happens when Graham's not here to keep checking us, Gav. I
1: know. It's absolute shambles shambles
0: um oh well there we go we go again hashtag
1: Stevie G's not having a good time about Astonville is he? no it's not it's almost as though he's not a particular manager. something about maybe not having like 20 times the budget of every <laughs> other club and a massive backroom staff that do all your work well especially
0: now that it turns out uh his, th- there was always that big suspicion, wasn't it, that the boy Michael Beale was the real brains behind the operation? Uh, Ian's brother. Yes, Ian <laughs> Beale's brother. And of course, he's at Queen's Park Rangers now, isn't he? That's
1: correct, yeah. Who are doing not um, bad, I believe. Who are doing
0: all right, yeah. So it's almost as though, maybe, maybe just going to throw it out here, Stephen Jenner maybe doesn't have a fucking clue what he's doing. But hey, not for me to say. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us on this incredibly shambolic and rambling episode of the abz football podcast please remember to like subscribe or follow honestly it's not like this every week um, or whatever on your podcast plan of choice join us next week for episode 59 where we'll review our meeting with livingston we're going to catch up with colin from the lincolnshire Gallabankies to preview our meeting with and athletic in the premier sports cup we'll preview our trip to dingwall for our first meeting with mad racist malky mckay and we bring you our exclusivity with Chris Clark. Is that a two-parter, Gav? I want to say that's a
1: two-parter, so it'll be part one.
0: And this is going to go out Tuesday ahead of the trip to Ireland.
1: We are going to provide a service that you not only want, but you need. Look forward to seeing you then. Stand free. <laughs>
0: This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast was brought to you in association with Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Head into the bar, quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a three pound pint of Foster's, four pound pint of Moretti, or five pound pint of Fierce any day of the week, including match days. Siberia is open seven days a week, all year round, and the bar is located only thirty seconds walk from the nearest bus stop, taking supporters to Tordy Stadium for free on match days. Come on, you rats.